This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. On Overdue, we've got you covered on the books you've been meaning to read. But what if you've been neglecting to explore some of the biggest headlines in the book world today? Oh, no. I do do that all the time. You do, in which case I'd highly recommend checking out Missing Pages, the chart-topping and Signal Award-winning podcast produced by the Podglomerate. And even better, it just returned for a brand new season, Andrew. It's named a must-listen in 2022 by The Washington Post and The Guardian. Missing Pages lives up to the hype with its all-new season. Each week, host and acclaimed literary critic, Beth Ann Patrick, aims to set the record straight on the publishing industry's hot-button topics, like the rise of book bans across America, the insta-fame of Colleen Hoover, and the idea of who owns what in fan fiction. Not to mention you'll also hear from notable guests like New York Times bestselling author Jody Picot, Publishers Weekly's Jim Milliot, and many more. So don't miss out. Listen to Missing Pages on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening app. And tell them I sent you. podcast about the books you've been meaning to read my name is craig my name is andrew why, wait why are we being quiet well because this like isn't really the the podcast yet mm, like we're sneaking we're sneaking in we're just kind of sneaking in just to so like make, we don't we don't notice ourselves we don't want to disturb mess yeah the okay. real podcast that's coming in a few minutes mm-hmm. um which maybe if you're listening to this like on your podcast app you can tell uh that we talked about fourth wing by rebecca yaros uh, with uh, Heaving Bosoms, uh, Mel and Sabrina. We are on their episode 300, uh, you know, Sparta, all that kind of stuff, whatever. A big, a big moment for them, big moment for us. We got yeah. to do an- a, another 300th episode without needing to do 299 <laughs> other episodes, which was good, which is yeah. fun. It was a fun book. I think we had a good time. It was a fun book. It's a long conversation. <laughs> yeah. I will, will forewarn you. And also... Uh, there's cusses, and also it gets very sexy in places. Yes. Like explicitly so. So, you know, uh, beware of that if you are used to our show being mostly clean, you know, give or take a crucifix <laughs> situation. <Sure>. Or be excited, <laughs> you know? Or be excited. Maybe this is what you live Maybe this is what you live for. You come to ho- Horny Holidays every month, and you don't check any other episodes of the podcast <laughs> out. I want to meet those people. <laughs> But that book, this book here, is kicking off the month of November. Uh, so tune in for that. It's a great episode. We had a good time. Please listen to all of it. Um, we have a few more books coming up this month, including our patron's choice book, The Stranger by Albert Camus. I believe I'm going to be reading the Matthew Ward translation, which is called The Stranger. There's some other ones where they call it The Outsider. But no, The Stranger by Albert Camus. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, we are going to dip back into Percy Jackson and the world of his Olympians, the Sea of Monsters. Is that what it's called? Probably. I believe that's what it's called. Rick Reardon's The Sea of Monsters. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it is called. And then uh, we're going to close out the month with All Systems Red by Martha Wells. That is the first in the Murderbot Diaries series, which if the chatter in our Discord... Uh, is representative of people at large. People like these books, they're, or at least they're excited to hear people like 
chat about them. Or we've got one or two people who are so excited that <laughs> that's also possible. Yeah. But also, I think it's Rick Riordan, and I think we also did this in the dang first it. episode. So it's good to just like I've refresh ourselves, get it out of the way now. Well, that's good actually, because I have read part of that book already, and they do spend like a few pages just like if you need to read the book again, I got your back. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's a paragraph mm-hmm. summarizing the whole last book. Mm-hmm. So we've just done that for you with the man's last name. Yeah. <laughs> to recap, <laughs> we're gonna also Love have to a bonus episode for you. Uh, episodes 9 and 10 of our Sand By Me series covering Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. That series is concluded on our Patreon feed. Andrew, what else is going on on our Patreon feed? Right now our Patreon feed has our next long read project on it. You may have heard on the main feed uh, within the last week or so, episode 0 of Stop Homer Time, The Triumphant Return. We're reading Emily Wilson's translation of Homer's The Iliad, mm-hmm. a story so far that's about big boys fighting and crying. <laughs> and also the ships that they came on yeah. <laughs> to fight and cry. That's true. Uh, episode one of that is up on our Patreon feed now. Episode two, which will cover books three to four, uh, will be up there pretty soon. It will not be up on the main feed until what? We're scheduled like January, for January? January, I think. Yeah. 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 So not until the new year. Can you wait that long? I don't know if you can. Patreon.com slash overdue pod <laughs> if you want to get in on what everyone is talking about. And join us for the opening of that journey. (laughs) Also coming up soon on the main feed will be our Spooktober bonus episode, A Night in the Lonesome October. If you are on our Patreon, uh, you may have already gotten access to that or you joined us for the bonus recording. And if you want to join us for a bonus recording in December, patreon.com slash overdue pod. Uh, And then I think the last thing is, if you live in the U.S., Tuesday is election day. And depending on where you live, there's some big stuff happening. Even though it's an odd numbered year and you're already sort of like psychically sort of worn down in anticipation of what promises to be a thrilling and wonderful 2024. Mm. (laughs) But uh, yeah, go out and vote usually on our social media feed. If you tweet at us that you voted, we will retweet that. I think we'll probably still do that, even though. We're sort of like passively looking for ways to disengage from using Twitter as a service because it sucks. Whatever feed you use, we will find us and we'll boost you. (laughs) We will use whatever the analogous retweet is. Yeah. And if you are listening to this after Election Day, make your plans. I hope it went good. I hope it went good. (laughs) Hope hope it went good and make your plans for the next one. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's everything. We're not going to come back. This is a good at the, book. We had a good time. We had a good time. I've read. We've read some romance we haven't loved. We've read some fantasy we haven't loved. But this romanticy book, which is a real name for the thing that I didn't make up, nope, uh, was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Of fun. It was. And I don't. I don't know that I'll read subsequent books, but I can like imagine myself reading them because I had a good enough time with this one. You know. Mm-hmm. 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 You know that feeling. I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy our episode with Heaving Bosoms. I don't know if you know this, listener, but the overdue men are here to hang out with us and Uh celebrate our 300th episode. Whoa! That's so many episodes. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, we've done more than that, but 300 is still pretty good. And you should feel proud. No, I know. You should feel proud proud about it. Thank you. Actually, one of the reasons I reached out to y'all is because you're at like 600. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know. We are, aren't we?
You yeah, are. We, are. we super are. Woof. Yeah, you for sure are. It- so you're like the extra pros. Mm-hmm. We're something. If you say so. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> it feels like it definitely it feel? feels like there's diminishing returns. Like, w- were we better at 300 than we were at episode one? Absolutely, we were. Are we better totally. at 600 than we were at 300? <laughs> maybe you know. Maybe <laughs> I blame that level. Andrew and Linda on the podcast landscape changing. Big podcast mm-hmm. came in. It's true. We used to be the scrappy boys. Yeah. Reading our books in basements, and now, <laughs> you know, literally, that's how I was. I was recording the first few episodes of the show in a basement. Um, yeah, no, I hear that in, a, in my first apartment that I lived mm-hmm. in. It was cool. Yeah, I started in my basement too. Hey, it's a great place to make a podcast. It really is. Yeah, listener, don't make another podcast. There's too many. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, and we're talking about Fourth Wing by. By Rebecca Yaros. By Rebecca Yaros. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how we're not going to make it a six-hour podcast, but we're going to try. Actually, because Sabrina and I strategized, we are going to do everything we can here, okay, in a reasonable amount of time. And then Mm -hmm. inevitably, Mm -hmm. she and I are going to sit down and talk about everything we couldn't talk about and (laughs) scream at each other. (laughs) That sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Now, Mel, you had tossed this book literally at us. You threw these yes. books at us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. Why? Where, <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I think like you know, the, she has a new book coming out, or having just come out by the time this will have dropped. It will be coming out in like a month. Yeah, November is when the mm-hmm. second book in the series yeah. comes out. The first one came out in May. So, like a lot of like romance and genre authors, she just cranks these bad boys out. She just which is incredible because these are like yeah. six hundred page books. They're so yeah. long. I mean, it, it is. I do find it easier to write long than to write tight. That's fair. <laughs> to her credit, I will say I didn't find this like there are authors that work that fast. Where I'm like, oh, you needed an extra pass. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite, at least on like the sentence by sentence level and stuff like that, I did not feel like that here. Mm-hmm. And I mostly enjoyed like what was going on in the book. So like, I'm oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I chose this for a multitude of reasons. Okay. One of them is that we've never done a romanticy with you, which I no. felt was lacking in our <laughs> crossover uh, repertoire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second reason is that it was all over romance bookstagram and tiktok and like Mm -hmm. i knew there was no way i was going to have time to read this book unless i scheduled it officially for podcast right so that was one of the reasons and because our 300th episode date was so close to the second book coming out i felt comfortable that i could read the first one now and not die before the second one came out like i couldn't Mm -hmm. have read this in may (laughs) and survive although like i'll have the two of you know i've already been mad at melody about this because i was planning on reading this book like november 3rd because the book comes out november 6th and then she goes hey guess what we're reading that with overdue for the 300th episode and i was like fuck you you'll have a a record that you can go back to and listen to and be like okay that's what i thought about this book it's true i can can prep myself again so we're gonna do the rest of our thoughts for patreon and then we're also gonna be doing iron flame book two on patreon we'll recap it there and i'm very excited about it (laughs) now i think when you first brought this book up to us i think you used the word duology which is i might have 
which is there it, are going mean, to be five books a, in this it, bad boy. It is a planned what pent pentology, right? It's yeah, a, it's Sorry. a pentacular. Yeah, she said she gave an interview. I think was I don't know if that was the today.com interview the or to, somewhere the else. The today one's the one I read. Yeah, it is fully plotted for five books. She says. Ma'am. Melody. Ladies got yeah. a lot How to say. How fucking dare you? What have I done? No, this is bullshit. Because this is Empyrean. It says Empyrean book one of two. I mean. Well. <laughs> I'm looking at I, it right now. I mean, maybe, I believe they so. Empyrean? For, for reference, y'all, I almost Book two of two, the Empyrean. I don't read a whole, like, one couple, multiple books is not, like, mm -hmm. my go-to. She mm -hmm. just recently conned me. Into a yeah, I did one couple <laughs> series, and then this one I was like, okay, I can handle it. The second book comes out, it's all gonna be tied up. It's gonna be beautiful. I'm only gonna have to wait, wait like a month. Yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, this I is mean, book books, two of two. These I mean, assholes. Book two, book two of two so far, maybe. So is far yeah. means, is probably right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, well, you, I might, also, you might luck yeah. out, and like maybe the fifth one is just like the first one from. From his perspective, and you that can would skip not it. be a luck out. Uh, no, inevitably, I always like... hate those. I no, don't know why. That's yeah. what I'm saying is you just you don't have to read it. it can just, you that's can just fair. Skip that one. I, I, I will read that's it. Fair. I mean, yeah, I will. that's the problem. I will. So this is her fifteenth book. Had either of you? I know Andrew and I had I've not never read even her heard of no. her name. Me neither. Okay. This is my first Rebecca. Yaros. I do not know this woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think a lot um, of her backlog is is contemporary, right, Craig? Very contemporary. She had a, a lot of yeah. In yeah. July 2023 called "In the Likely Event." That is about uh, two people who go. You know, their plane goes down in the Missouri River, and then you know they're bound for life, and they you know. Yeah. Meet up back again in Afghanistan because he goes into the military and she goes into politics. Love, you know. Mm. But the, the story she tells about writing this is yeah. um, I grew up reading a ton of fantasy. This is a Today Show interview. Uh, I knew my publisher was looking for romanticy in that new adult line. That's what I was I just love, about to I say. I love new adult. I think it's such an unexplored genre. This is every time Craig and I come up against new adult, it almost always seems to be like, a publisher identifying a market need yeah. and it always is no and, and that's what i was rather, yeah i mm -hmm. was just about to say i bet she was writing to trend yeah and it, that's and why she like, took this hard right turn yeah based turn. on this i i knew my publisher was looking for is the key phrase there i uh -huh. think this is this is this is why this book exists but she does craig and i were talking about this off mic mm -hmm. i think you know how every fantasy book, like every, literally every single one, has the scene where they sit around and like smoke pipes in the living room and talk about just exposition for two chapters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they built a world and it has it has politics and culture yeah. and history and damned if we are not going to have to read about it. But the thing that she did in this book that identified that problem and like took it out like pretty intelligently, mm -hmm. I thought was like she just made the main character recite facts to herself when she was under duress. Yeah, she made her a I trivial pursuit champ. Yes. Yes. So every time she's stressed, she's just like reading you a, a wikipedia <laughs> article of like what dragon colors mean and i actually mm -hmm. kind of dug it a lot i, I thought it was, it was so cool it <laughs> yeah. was so neat it was a really fun device or like even if it wasn't that it mm -hmm. was in class mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so she is a military brat is what she says um mm -hmm. she's the child of two uh service people uh, in the u.s military she has been married her, her husband uh has served in the u.s military for 20 years or something uh, she got married when she's like 21 to this guy mm -hmm. who has served in iraq and afghanistan i think he went on like four or five tours or something like that um they have a whole bunch of kids but she talks about how like the 
children of military parents has factored in in this book. It's factored into a whole bunch of her books. Like she has a mm-hmm. lot of, I think like full met. There's like a whole series that are like way more specifically focused on service members and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this is at a war college, she said an editor nudged her to keep this from being a book just in an army to being at the war college. So we'll talk about the whole like magical school tropiness yeah. of it. I think mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So her first book was written during his third deployment. She'd been reading a lot of romance books and just decided Mm -hmm. to start writing. It got published. That was full measures during his fourth deployment. They're retired now and where he's retired from that life now and they live in Colorado with all their kids. She's a Mets fan. I just need to. I'm not a huge fan of that. (laughs) Personally, I have a couple of friends who are Mets fans. So, you know, I'm, so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with so it. So would you say that came through in the novel? Like that really... Yeah. I'm trying happened. to remember which dragon reminded me most of Mr. Met. And I, I think there's one, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see... I didn't, there's not a lot of like lovable losers in this book. So in that way, it didn't really remind me of the Met. Yeah, most Except of the lo- for the heroine. Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> But it, wow. like, is she is she what a loser t- or is she no? I have to talk about this really quickly. Awesome. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, here's here's the thing. I have to talk about this because I as I was reading it, damn, I was like, well, listen, I, I know I came in hot. It's not quite what I meant. Cool it. So. As I was reading this, like, a third of the way in, I was like, man, you know, this is just, like, it's hitting every single beat you look for and, like, love about a romanticy, especially, like, a, a new adult, young adult sort of romanticy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, including but not limited to the fact that the heroine is, like, just a perfect Mary Sue. And then I was like, wait a second, I don't know if I'm just, like, shooting from the hip here and I need to figure out if I really intellectually understand what that term is instead of, you know, just Mm -hmm. like how I've soaked it in. Mm -hmm. And she's the opposite of a Mary Sue because they're supposed to be like good at everything for no reason. And Violet is quite literally bad at every single (laughs) thing she has to be good at in order Mm -hmm. to literally not die in this environment. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know. It's really neat, I think. And I love the way that it really kind of turns that trope on its head because it's not her coming to the rescue all the time. It's a village sort of forming around her Mm -hmm. in a place where like that is completely and utterly frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was really cool because she really, she's very smart and she has, she's so brave and <laughs> she has integrity out the wazoo listener. She okay. Does. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she is just super small yeah. and she subluxates yeah. everything. She does. I learned that word this week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes. Me too. At the, at the beginning, especially, I thought that the, the trope was going to be, oh, she's, she's baby. And she is baby so that we can have many, many scenes of a hunky, muscular man rushing her to the infirmary or mm. whatever. <laughs> and, and, and it only happened a couple of times and it <laughs> eventually starts to kind of subvert that as she does get yeah. like, better at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the stu- the body stuff is interesting, like to the extent that like the self-insert part of the Mary Sue definition mm. is right. It's around this this body stuff. Uh, Yaros and Violet both have uh Ehlers Danlos syndrome or EDS. Yeah, Ehlers, Ehlers a- Danlos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering if like I didn't 
have any confirmation anywhere. Yeah. But when it was being described, I was like, that definitely sounds like Because it never yeah, says yeah. in the um, mm-hmm. in the book. It just says that her mom was sick when she was pregnant with her. Yeah, she's brought it up in a bunch of interviews as like a, a representational mm-hmm. thing she wanted to do. It's a hereditary disorder that she has and her many of her kids also have, which affects like flexibility and weakens the like ligaments and connective tissues in your body. It can make your skin too stretchy. Um, your joints can yeah. frequently hurt or come dis- or dislocate. What's the, what's the word, Craig? The Sublux- subluxate. Subluxate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and there are there are apparently thirteen subtypes of the of EDS. And Yaros yeah. and her publisher like spoke with each other a lot about making sure that everybody with all the subtypes kind of felt represented by uh, Violet I, in this. Oh, in neat. This book. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, that my, is really cool. My, wife was not diagnosed with that but does deal with some like hypermobility stuff so like mm. she subluxated her shoulder in high school swimming and it's like Ooh. it's not just because of that it's because you know stuff is stretchy yeah. and i thought i like really found the portrayal here good and also to your point mel like plot interesting world building yeah. interesting character development interesting yeah i also really like how it was rolled out because like we f- we learn about it they talk about her being in pain a lot, I mm-hmm. think, in the first few chapters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then when she goes on that first test on the parapet and she like slips and busts her knee <sighs> mm-hmm. and the way that it, she just talks about it, she's like, other people would get a bruise. I'm going to have to deal with something for a while here. Yeah. And then there are other interviews where Yaros also talks about like later when she's like getting accommodation, like when her... There are dragons in this book. We haven't talked about that. There are dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she gets a saddle. When her dragon gets a saddle and like yeah. her dragon's like, no, you can use this. Don't look down on it. Yeah. It is an accommodation, but you have like fought to get to the point where this accommodation will be useful. Yeah. And Yaros it's really has. really cool. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I have felt that way about other things that I've like mm. processed d- living with this and plenty of people who have some sort of chronic pain or chronic illness or that mm-hmm. they think about that a lot where it's like i don't want to use whatever the thing is but it's yeah. it's an adaptive tool yeah um mm-hmm. and i think she does a really good job of both portraying the like internal conflict over kind of what do i want to use this do i not do i want mm-hmm. it but how will i be perceived um while also just like it's she's a it's a cool character who also you know, is dealing with this. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I really like that at like toward the end of the book, it is the part of the character growth is that Violet realizes that what she and everyone else has perceived as her greatest weakness is actually one of her greatest strengths because like she's so used to blocking out pain that all of the trials that they all have to go to where everyone gets mm-hmm. injured, she's like, this is a Tuesday for me. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Here I go. I'm just going to function as normal. And yeah. like, I think even when she starts doing her, um, when Zayden is astonished that she can get her shield, her mental shield up so quickly, I think mm. that's because she does that with pain up until mm. that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so then, and then he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, okay, so just choose something else. It's the power now that you need to shut out. And she's like, oh, no worries. I've got this. Yeah. So it's really neat in, in a couple yeah. of different ways. I totally agree. Yeah, it's been worked into the character and even how like the magic system works where a lot of it does depend on your ability to like mentally wall stuff off. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's worked mm-hmm. in pretty organically, which is cool. Yeah. Well, and there's also like, her power is such a physical power. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it requires so much physicality. It's just very interesting that she and her dragon as well. Again, spoilery yeah. town. But 
We're about to spoil the hell out of it anyway. So like yeah. Yeah. he has the <laughs> strongest dragon, but yeah. trying to channel through somebody who is regularly throughout the book by multiple characters referred to as frail and weak and fragile mm-hmm. and all of those things. Well, I was just going to say, too, like the other thing about like her self-image that is not related to the pain specifically. Yeah. But you were talking about her kind of being, you know, we, we unpacked that she's not a Mary Sue. But like when we meet her, she thought she was going to go into the there's like a couple different career tracks that you yeah. can go into in this uh, forever <laughs> yeah. war society. It's true. You could be a librarian, a medic or a like a death prone dragon writer. Yeah. yeah. And she spent her whole life thinking that she was going to be a scribe and work in the mm-hmm. library. And the, the other thing Yaros talks about is like this series is about who gets to control history. Yeah. Like who has the record of history. Yada, yada, yada. And what I liked is her self-image as someone who is meant for a non-warlike path mm-hmm. is wrapped up in the her grief for her father who died a few years ago, where like later in the book when she is like wrestling with the fact that she actually kills someone, mm-hmm. she's like, my dad told me that I would not be like that. Yeah. And I am meant to be this other person. And I have learned through this whole process that I am not that person. I'm this other. But she's not quite the same as all the like standard Dragon Rider meatheads mm-hmm. either. So I just <laughs> appreciated that like that was all related, you know. Yeah. And I think it's also really interesting because within. So she is the daughter of the like number two general in all of this this society in this war society Navar- Navar. Yeah, Navar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so her mom is a general she was a writer they call them writing dragons being like you know the they're sort of like the elite fighters of the society and then her dad was a scribe so her older brother and her older sister knew from a very young age that they were going to be writers because in her mom's opinion um, Soren Gales are writers, period, mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. And while her dad was alive, especially with her physical limitations, he sort of took her to work. You know, he took her to the library. He taught her all about being a scribe. And, and that was like the track that I think sort of her family had decided on. Mm-hmm. And then I have theories that mm, I don't really know what happened. I have theories, but when her dad died, her mom then was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Is your last name Sorengale? Because you're going to be a writer and uh-huh. you can't do anything else. So she's got about six months to try and train to survive this thing where literally they're proud that 15 percent of these people die on the first day. They're like, yeah, good job us. We're really weeding out the weak. And then, and then listen, there are a few scenarios where <laughs> students can't kill each other, but there are yeah. way more scenarios where it's totally cool and There's even encouraged like for students to kill each other. scenario where you're not allowed to kill another student, and it's because they're asleep. And even then, <laughs> someone tries. Mm-hmm. Everyone must be having 10 kids. Or how does this society perpetuate? Right. Well, so they said that like the classes are getting smaller and smaller. And is it because not enough people are conscripting or is it because more people are dying? Yeah. Because dragons are like, you're lame. 
Uh-huh. You just keep like killing 200 uh, highly capable like 20 year olds every year. And then suddenly you're yeah. out of 20 year olds and you're like, well, what <laughs> then we find out that the marked ones have no choice. They yeah. have to go into the military. And mm-hmm. oh, for clarification, listener, marked ones are essentially the children of rebel leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll learn more about that later. But like there's a forced conscription specifically into the dragon rider. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was gonna say the other the other quadrants don't don't kill off everybody the same way the writers yeah, do. True. So no. like you know the healers don't have any death traps. The scribes are like we're sitting pretty over here with our pens and our parchment, and the infantry guys only get killed on the field. So <laughs> you know, it's heavily implied a couple times that like. If we make it any easier, then the dragons won't think we're cool enough and they won't yes. come truly. bond us. <laughs> yes. Truly. Yeah. And like, truly. Okay, My on- big question, though, is it, it sounds like essentially the infantry are just like. They're just cannon fodder. Led to slaughter constantly. Yes. Like, yes. How, who signs up for that? I don't know that they do. I don't uh, <laughs> sign up. That's a great question. So, unlike if you look at the fantasy map of Navarre, yeah, it, which we I don't think we see though they don't no. talk about it. There's like a whole Ocean's Eleven scene there about is the a map. map in there. I There's a map sure. of the battle yeah. college. The college. Oh, of the yeah. college. Okay, I don't remember. It's ba- Baglia, but Basgioth. Basgioth. Basgioth is how the audio book person says. Basgioth. Basgioth. But Navarre has been it has been at war for 600 years mm-hmm. against their neighbors. Uh, the book is pretty uninterested in the politics of that and why or, or you know. Mm. Well, I mean, it's, it is it is that way for specific, like, thematic reasons that we can yeah. talk whimsy, about whimsy, more whimsy. later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, whimsy, whimsy. And so the dragons live in the territory of Navarre in this vale, and so they have a vested interest in working with the humans because the humans can do dragon magic or something Mm -hmm. that creates wards that protect this kingdom and all the evil quote unquote I'll use I don't know um, griffin people griffin rider people Mm -hmm. Um, at one point I think Violet before her eyes are open to the truth was like what kind of people would those furry creatures choose to ride them you know she has no idea who they're even fighting yeah Mm -hmm. And so the Griffin people are on the board border constantly fighting the dragon people. The wards are getting weaker. Yeah. You know. The duh. Griffin people refuse to refuse to enter like peace negotiations, allegedly. Like they, they right. are the ones who are constantly being the aggressors. And it's all because they're not satisfied with the resources they have and they want mm-hmm. ours for mm-hmm. no reason at all. Well, and like that is one thing though that I had a question like the entire book that I I feel like I never adequately had mm-hmm. answered, where like I feel like the magic was a pretty well thought out magic system. Like it made sense to me as far as a big fantasy yeah. series. Right. Sure. But then like the wards, I feel is like yep. this is a ward and some people <gasps> can make them better. And then it was and like, never discussed again. And I was like, and wait, so well, like, and sometimes they well, go down and but, sometimes but they why? go down. And how? And like what? Like as we as we go through her year, her first year at school, we start learning about these like sort of new maneuvers that the enemy are doing where like the griffins are going up to altitudes that are bad for griffins in order to hit certain towns and like they'll leave the town alone but they'll like, but they're like searching for something looking for and so we find <laughs> yeah. out what they're looking for but we have no idea what it is why it is where you get it yep. uh if it's if it's just like <gasps> magical mist or if it's some sort of metal you have no idea what, what? it is mm-hmm. 
Yes. Are they yeah. Sabrina, for the that. stuff? Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Tune in to later in this episode when you find out what we're talking about. Right. Right. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) So the book opens up, and her older sister, Mira, is shouting at their mom. Because she's like, you're going to kill her. She's not going to be okay there. She is a teacup and that is a room full of sledgehammers. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot send her there. Mm -hmm. And the mom is just like, (laughs) she's got to go. There's no choice. The great thing about her is the nicest compliment she's ever gotten from her mom is Violet endures more pain than you'll see in an entire month, like in a day. If any of my children (sighs) can survive the writer's college, it's her. And she's I mean, like, she's not wrong. I don't. Uh, <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> you don't right. have to be nice to be correct. I, mm-hmm. No, 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 totally. But like, she's like, I think that might be my mom's version of a yeah. compliment because yeah. her mom sucks. Yeah, her mom, yeah, her mom sucks. Her mom's the Terrible. worst. Well, have we mentioned that that her older brother is dead? Also, her older brother Brennan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who was this amazing mender? He's a mender. He's a magical healer. He was mm-hmm. he was a dragon rider, right? But he gets like he was also a, mm-hmm. a writer. He was one of the best writers that the writers have ever seen. Okay, yeah, the writeriest mm-hmm. writer. And he was killed on the very last day of this insurgence that happened between like the southernmost province and they Tyr- and like Tyrandale, T- Tyrandor. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, look. We just Thank keep you. Talking. I'll do some Thank you so much. So, yeah, Brennan was killed by the leader of that rebellion on the very last day that the United Navarians squashed that rebellion. Yeah. So, yeah, her brother died, like, what, five or six years ago? Because that's how yes. long ago the actual rebellion was. It was five, yeah. and mm-hmm. then at the end of first year, it was six. Yeah, okay. And then her dad died, like, two years after Yeah. from... Uh, from Heart attack? Yeah, the grief. grief. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it did not take me long to find a Reddit thread with theories about the father. I have many theories, big theories over here. I I was trying to confirm what happened to the dad, and I found a Reddit thread musing on what else had happened to him, which was fun. Big Lady Macbeth feelings over here. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I didn't question it at all. The Tyrish Rebellion and Tyrandor of the like the province or state or whatever it was that rebelled. So Mira takes her back to her room and she's like, get out of your billowy scribe clothes. Get into this like rider's leather. She gives her a special corset that is made of miniaturized dragon scales. So Uh it's impenetrable by any weapons. And it's a good thing she did. Oh my it's a God. good thing. Yeah. She gets stabbed in that corset no less than six times that I can currently <laughs> so think many of. She gets hit with a sword. Just she slapped does. with a sword mm-hmm. in she it. Does. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. It's yikes. And so she takes out all of her books, including her like comfort read, which is a book of old fables that her dad introduced to her and he mm-hmm. would talk about. Yeah, fables in big quotation marks. Thank you yeah, very fables. much. Totally made up nursery stories. Yeah. And they're more like original Grimm's fairy tales than like, they are. you know, a happy go lucky. It's like, oh, yeah, here's our sweet moral of the story. And they're like, no, if you do the thing. They're going to come kill you. They're going to come steal you out of your bed. No, it's straight up Hans Christian Andersen bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it paints a picture of the world that has other magical creatures in it that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. It talks about wyverns, which are not dragons. 
they're different and evil. They're dragonish, dragonish. They're abomination dragons. They got two little stubby yeah, legs. They got bad legs. And it <laughs> talks about venin, which are like people corrupted mm-hmm. by magic yeah. who do bad things. Yeah, it's like the basics of the magic system is dragons and griffins basically do the same thing. They pair up with a human, and then together with the human, they enable the human to channel magic. Right. The human can't choose what magic they channel sometimes it's like bad stuff that they have to be killed for or that they kill themselves in the the middle of the quad while everybody's watching in horror yeah yeah and then the venom so goes these totally made up fables are Mm -hmm. this third class of person who saw the dragon people and the griffin people and got jealous and were like i'm gonna channel this magic directly without a cool fantasy animal without a conduit yeah, yeah to help shield me from it and that made them evil they couldn't yep. find a single chimera or a kraken yeah. or anything that yeah. would help I think, what, <laughs> I think what unites all of them is that like as a human you can mm-hmm. take on too much magic or have too much build up in you there is a thing where like you you've bonded with a dragon and your dragon's like giving you magic but you haven't gotten whatever cool magic power is yet and if that goes on for too long you just explode you just kind of spontaneously just, combust yeah you do a big explode yeah overwrite cantaloupe yeah so <laughs> yeah. the very first day in order to get to school there's there's no moving vans or anything yeah you take your pack you climb the tallest for the riders specifically of no yeah. everybody else yeah. just walks down a hallway into a door and it's fine yeah <sighs> but instead, the riders have to climb this huge spiral staircase up to the tallest tower that's ever been seen. And then they have to do a bit of an Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade on yeah. one of those stone <laughs> pathways that's like 18 inches wide. It's a parapet. It's, it's a parapet. That's the times. one. Let me yes. tell you, my friends, this yeah. is the point. Where I would die as a ride. I'm not even getting to this you point. Annoyed. They'd be like, you're going to have to. They'd be like, you have to walk to the top of this thing. And I'd be like, there's no rail. There's here. no handrail. Is it Dylan who they watch die? Yes, they watch Dylan die. The wind just takes <gasps> Dylan was... away. Bye, Dylan. Dylan and his poor fiance at home. Rebecca yeah. Yaros. <laughs> that is the moment when I went, oh, this is that kind of this fantasy. Is, yeah, because yeah. at first I was like, oh. okay, is this like we got we got Harry, Ron, and Hermione all standing here? Like <laughs> no. ready lucky to little friends. Go through murder dragon school together? No, absolutely no. not. No, <laughs> this, is, this is like, one of those books where you're like, fall in love with no one other yeah. than the female main character. And the male main character. It feels, <laughs> for, for my reference point, like it felt Hunger Gamesy. Like for, in did, terms of stuff yeah. I've read, it felt hungry. Yeah. Like, you know, each kid has their own thing. And these are not kids. They're like college students and they're, older. They're, Craig, right? Craig, yeah. they're, new, they're new adults. Excuse they're new adults. Excuse me. They're, they're brand new, new ones. Sorry. They're, they've emerged yeah. from their chrysalises and they are new adults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it felt very Hunger Gamesy and just like people are going to get got. And you're not going to get prepared for it. And you don't quite know who to attach to. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the deal. And we're we're always just reading out dead people's names. Like, and then we're moving on. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's also very Hunger Games-ian in a failed love triangle. Yeah. I felt Mm -hmm. like Hunger Games tried to set up a love triangle. Dane has big, bad PETA energy. Uh, Oh, Dane has big, bad Gale energy. Oh, interesting. Because he's the guy who it can't possibly be, and he also like kind of sucks. Yeah, he's probably yes, and he's like a rule follower, <laughs> and he has to like do mm-hmm. the right thing even when it's totally oh, the wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I don't care yeah. who he is. I, I, I just know that he's an 
asshole. Oh, yeah, he's he an sucks. asshole. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, he, he's, he's a, a well, like, You know we, what, Sabrina? He's a nice guy. Oh, what he's he is. a nice guy. Mm, he's a nice guy. I have guy. to log off. He is. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things where you first meet him and like it's like talking about how like attractive and all of these. And you're like, mm. like the minute we met him, I was like, that's not it. She was trying to convince me too much. She tried mm-hmm. really hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of what a great, nice guy he was. At one yeah. point, someone says, he's hot. He has that whole boy next door who can still kick your ass vibe going for him. Uh-huh. I don't know what that vibe is, and I don't like it. <laughs> nope. I've got it's, no idea. That's, that's yeah, the like, kid like, that you move in next door to, and they go outside, and you're, like, peering through your curtain, mm-hmm. like, please don't come on my, please don't come <laughs> on my property. I don't yeah. want to have to deal with you. Yeah, like, the very first scene with them, like, I was fine with it, where in much the same way that like Mira was is like you and I both know that this isn't the life you were destined for what can right. we try and do about it right but by the time he's doing that for like the 17th time <sighs> and she's already like bested a whole bunch of obstacles it's like wait maybe are you the bad are you bad get the <laughs> fuck bad out of here yeah, like stop being such a dick when he was trying to do it after a dragon chose her yeah, yeah yeah that sucks more than once more Two than once dragons chose he's, her. he's like come on he's we incredible. can we can still take you to the scribes and she, i'm like and what taryn's gonna freaking blow that wall out and burn the whole bitch to the yeah. ground if you try and take his girl like <laughs> it's true what it's true for dane i don't mm-hmm. know if it tracks to the beginning of the book there is a point in the book that we find out later where dane has information that the audience doesn't have like dane mm-hmm is like in on stuff Mm -hmm. that we find out through other means. Yeah. And so I do wonder at various points in the book, and I don't think he should be doing this, but like where Dean's motivations with her come out of... uh, When they switch. Having other information Mm. about what is going on his dad is one of like the colonels or well, I don't know what the ranks are, but yeah, command some fancy military man. He's like the general's right hand dude. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were childhood Dane, Dane friends. has such massive incel energy that I think as yes. soon as it became yeah. clear <gasps> oh my God, that, right. that Violet and Zayden were like seriously interested in each other. He's like, well, oh, she won't shit. sleep with me. I will burn, burn her family to the ground. I'll yeah. miss you, Violet. He yeah. says. Mm-hmm. They're childhood friends, we should say. That's why she gives him the time of day. Yeah, yeah right. they were childhood yeah. friends. Oh, my God. So <laughs> we're going all out of order. I think the only way to do this book is going to be going completely out of order. No, I will keep us mostly on track, kind of. Yeah, I think it's good to stay like mostly on track, but then describe the context of situations. Miscellaneous yes. uh-huh. things. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But like from the get go, I don't care if you're my childhood best friend. And even before I know. all of the powers come into play, don't touch my face. Yeah, thank you. don't touch my face like before, thank you before you have a signet before any of that's a thing don't touch my face Just generally don't touch my face are we dating like have i given you explicit permission that you can touch and my face then, ear neck i don't anything? want you to just like randomly throughout the day be like hey, yeah that's fair touching <laughs> that's your fair. face <laughs> no sir it is You're wild totally how like right. a hug like the hugs between them feel okay because it's like yes. she's like seeking comfort from a, a known entity in this yeah. like, scary mm-hmm. environment but you're right a face touch is an escalation that so should good. send you to dragon prison like <laughs> no dragon prison. no that's right hey it's andrew again remember Hi, andrew. me i do every day 
Craig, I, if you are listening to this bookish podcast and you're thinking, oh, I would like another one, please, some more different mm. bookish podcasts, mm. I have the perfect podcast recommendation for you. It's called Missing Pages. It's hosted by renowned literary critic and publishing insider Beth Ann Patrick, and it's back for a brand new season. Published by award-winning firm The Poglomerate, Missing Pages features some of the biggest names in the book world today, like New York Times best-selling author Jody Pico, Publishers Weekly's Jim Milliot, and Slate columnist Laura Miller. Each episode, these lit heroes sit down with Beth Ann to set the record straight on the industry's pressing topics, including book bans in America and the various scammers impacting writing communities across the world. Don't know where to start? I'd recommend listening to the first episode of the season, The Colleen Hoover Story. It's a compelling look at Hoover's rise to stardom and explores the central question. Is her career a sign of a changing literary landscape where book publishers are losing their power as the industry gatekeepers? Boy, I bet you'd like to know. So as the Washington Post and the Guardian said, Missing Pages is a must listen. And I couldn't agree more. Go ahead. Listen to Missing Pages wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew, picture this. Okay. You get someone a gift. Yep. And they like it. Mm -hmm. I'm there so far. Not only do they like it, Mm -hmm. one of their first reactions is, where'd you get it? Oh. They want to know. They love it so much. Mm Mm-hmm. If this is the gift-giving energy that you are trying to bring to this holiday season, Uncommon Goods is the way to go. They make holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for remarkable and unique gifts for everyone on your list, Andrew. They've got all sorts of stuff. Some of it's handmade. Many of it is, well, all of it is high quality. Uh <laughs> I've looked. I can attest to this. I fell down a rabbit hole of like map-based gifts that uh-huh. I really liked. Do you like a map-based gift? I do, and I like I like you know that's like a type of wall art that I enjoy because some it can be like a a memory of somewhere you've been. Yeah, you can or like like Game of Thrones. It can tell you where that week's episode is going to take place. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found a cool. They had a map on their uh, in their store that was like a scratch map for like places you've been. So like you could like put up and you could, instead of doing like thumbtacks, you could like scratch it with a coin. And I think there's like something underneath, which is kind of cool. Neat. Um, So yeah, shopping at Uncommon Goods means supporting artists and small independent businesses. And they look for products that are in fact high quality and often handmade. They've got everything from art and jewelry to kitchen, home and bar stuff. And with every purchase you make, they give $1 back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. I've got a list of those on their website for you to check out. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash overdue. That's uncommongoods.com slash overdue for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. So as they're on their way up, there's two slash three people. Yeah. You already heard about Dylan. He doesn't last long. There's no, two other people it. that we meet on the way up. That is um, Rhiannon, who ends up being BFF for life. And then in back yeah. of her is a capital V villain called Jack. And Jack. he's the oh. worst. He's just a bully from the start to the finish. And um, at the very top, Violet notices that it has just begun raining and one of the things that Mira did for her was make her change her boots into like rider's boots that have really, really good uh, traction on them. Mm-hmm. Rubber on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she looks at Rhiannon's boots. And this is one of the great things about Violet. And I think it this was so smart because she just met Rhiannon. But she's like got a good feeling about her. And she realizes that she's in really slippery boots. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, 
switch one of your boots with me and then we'll both have a better chance of getting like you'll have a better chance of getting over in the rain. And so complete stranger, Rihanna's like, oh, okay, I guess so. They switch boots and they both end up making it over. Yeah, and Mira's told her two things. The first thing, you're not here to make Mm. friends. The second thing, stay away from that Zayden Ryerson. Yes. (laughs) And it's like the Rhiannon episode, I think, is good because it immediately puts you in the mind of like, oh, maybe she will succeed in Dragon Murder School by taking an unconventional path, which is is kind of what she ends up doing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then the stay away from that Zayden Ryerson thing is is clearly there to to set up the like the enemies to lovers. It doesn't um, last long because because when she gets to the top, the guy who's standing next to the roll call person realizes her last name and she realizes his last name mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, fuck. Like, I was supposed to stay away from him. I was supposed to stay really under the radar. And just like mm-hmm. minute one, here he is. They glare at each other real hard. And he notices that her boots are different. And he's like having his he's got his arms crossed over his giant pectoral muscles. OK, <laughs> listener. I think like nothing else happens. To other be than, clear. Oh, Zayden oh, is so, a stone cold capital H hottie listener. Yeah, he's, a hot he's a hottie. He's a hot boy. And she identifies him as a sexy man immediately. Right away. Before she finds out his name. Mm-hmm. And she says, are you going to kill me? And he says, why would I do that when I can just let the rain do it? Yeah, their backstory is that his dad was one of the lead rebels. Or the lead guy. Like he was yeah, the sure. main, main guy. Yeah. And so his dad killed her brother, Brennan. And then her mom executed his dad. Yeah. Well, because all like every one of the so mm-hmm. everyone who was in this rebellion. I just had a realization. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And Sabrina's like at the back of the book going, wait, 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 wait. No, she's a Sherlock Holmes. Uh, well, everybody who was in this rebellion, they were all executed, <laughs> executed in front of their kids. And then yeah. their kids were forcibly mm. conscripted into Dragon Murder And tattooed. School. And magically and ta- and tattooed every wire. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zayden is the oldest of the conscriptees. He's a third year in this three-year degree program. Mm-hmm. Um, you got an MBA. You're a master of badassery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's right. You, right? Uh, and so he is the first of the, like, dragon riders that is from this conscripted rebel class. Right. And they're very looked down upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he is, like, personally responsible for all, like, 170 of them or whatever. And so there's this open question of like, are they just kind of going through dragon school to get powerful and then they're going to do something bad? And that is like the thing in Violet's the back of her mind is that he wants to kill her personally and that everyone else is like, uh, rebels bad, though. That's also and the first yes. like him hot, in- though. <laughs> In retrospect, it's the first sign that you get that the people who are running Navarre are like stupid and and yeah. maybe yeah. not all they're made out to be. Is mm-hmm. like if you wanted these people to assimilate, maybe you wouldn't have like murdered all their parents in front of them and then yeah. blinded them so that they would be exiles. For yeah, and if you did want to yeah. do it that way, why didn't you yeah. conscript them into the infantry? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I don't understand. Die. Good question. <laughs> I mean, I think it was addressed because Zayden. Has those? He has like 107 scars on his back or whatever. Yeah. Like one for each one of the conscripted kids. And there was some kind of treaty, like part of the treaty that ended this rebellion was like 
the kids will be able to go into dragon school to like either die or redeem themselves. Well, and originally yes. the and, leaders and, wanted to kill all of the kids as well. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Zayden said, I will take the personal responsibility for all yeah. of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just let us be conscripted into dragon school. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah that's yeah. that's a bold thing to do, though, because like there's going to be one dumb little dummy dumb. In that group of kids. I know. There's gonna be one kid that does some stupid <laughs> shit. And it's true. It's like, true. That's a lot I'm of people thinking, to be responsible like, for. I'm just thinking of if I just took a random 107 people that I know Teenagers. in my life, and I had to say that if New one adults. of them does some dumb stuff. <laughs> no, don't worry. Some of the some of these marked ones are six years old. They marked babies. Yeah. What? Oh, they marked right. babies. But like, the youngest is a like, baby. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like. That's worse statistics no. than dragon school. Yeah, you just, just got to hope that the the dumb ones get killed by the parapet or <laughs> yeah. by like not manifesting their magic soon Absolutely. enough, or, or like, by like another out. student killing them during gym class. Or yeah. like you just got to hope that oh. that something the, else gets them. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing we need to tell listener about Violet is that Zayden Ryerson definitely wants to kill her. Period. The end. All mm-hmm. of the conscripted kids, the marked ones in that school, will want to take vengeance on her for their parents and kill her, yep. period, the end. Yeah, but then also, mm-hmm. everybody else is going to want to kill her because she's a Sorengale and also considered to be, like, weak because mm-hmm. of her physical situation. And so they're going to want to kill her, too. Just everybody wants to murder Violet on day one, including mm-hmm. Jack, who nearly pushes her out onto the parapet. Mm-hmm. What is Jack's damage from Git? Yeah, Jack's a what psychopath. Is what is his deal? I, by the end of five books, like we're definitely going to see this guy resurrected as some kind of like <gasps> dreadlord guy, right? <laughs> oh like, my yeah. God. He <laughs> look, spoiler, he does not make it through this book. And when he gets got, it's pretty cool. And Zayden gives pretty a cool. speech about how cool it is to kill bullies. It's like <laughs> wild. Zayden's like, listen, the world is better without him. Yeah. You did a great job. That guy listen, when I, when I Whoa. When I got to Dragon Murder School, I walked up, I, I found the biggest bully and I walked That's up right. to him and I immolated him with a lightning bolt. And then nobody ever bothered me ever again. So wild. Well, okay. But I will say that the other, so she's going across this parapet, right? And this is when it's raining. She's slipping. She's she's given us all of the exposition facts about the world because she's nervous. And then she notices that Jack does just murder a kid behind her. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> you're next, Sword Gale. And he starts like running <laughs> over to her. So mm-hmm. she has to book it the rest of the way across the parapet. She finally makes it, jumps onto the end, and then manages to grab a dagger and turn around. And she's got him dagger to the balls yeah. before mm-hmm. he is on the sacred ground where you cannot hurt another cadet. <laughs> For now, but, then, but it's yeah, mostly based now. on the honor system. Yeah, <laughs> and there are lots yeah. of exceptions. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> there's every exception in the book. So yeah. one of the older kids is like, "You can kill him right now, and it won't be a problem." Um, so you know, make your choice. And she chooses not to because Violet doesn't want to kill anyone, uh, and it's ooh, it becomes kind of a problem for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. We meet Dane. Dane takes her up and, like, helps her bind her knee or whatever. He's supposed to be the guy that she, like, relies on and goes to. As we've said, he's very overprotective. Yeah. Holding her back. And she's yeah. And manipulative. She is. Yeah. She is. She kind of has yes. been waiting her whole life to find out if they were ever going to bang. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah. You're also, right. Like she's always like she's been like borderline in love with him since she was like 14 years old. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Like, yeah. This mm-hmm. is it. This is my chance. We're going to be riders together if we all survive through years. If we three. if I can oh. stay alive. Yeah. So then like I love this because chapter three opens and the first line is if Jack Barlow wants to kill me, he needs to get in line. It's the best. <laughs> um, when they get into their like they get into their squad. formation yeah. and they get a squad. Yeah. She sees Zayden Ryerson, who is a wing leader against all odds, because that's just how powerful and badass and cool and awesome Zayden Ryerson is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone. They're not wrong. And they like see a dragon for the first time. She sees yeah. Zayden's dragon, Segale, and she's very, very scary. That dragon is. She's blue, right? She's a blue dragon. She's, yeah, she's mm-hmm. blue. Yeah. I forget. I forget what kind of tail she has, but she's blue. Everybody, all the dragons have colors and tails. Pretty yeah. sure it's yeah. a dagger tail. Okay. Um, but also, I imagined her as like a matte blue dragon oh, instead sure. of a shiny blue dragon. You know, you like an eggshell kind of thing yeah. on your, your like, dragon. Yeah, yeah. like one of those like very gold. unsettling cars, but it looks real cool on <laughs> a dragon. I was just, we saw a truck yesterday yeah. that had that was not, it was one tiny step up from the mat. And we were like, okay, okay that's kind of cool. But oh. the ones that are like, Pure matte. They're weird. Is so your car good. not finished? <laughs> yeah. like, is, did you not finish getting the car made? They didn't put the top coat on there. Those yeah. cars scare yeah. me. It's like they eat light. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they are and like that's what Zayden. Taren does. They have shadow powers. They have shadow mm-hmm. powers. Oh my god. Okay. Also, like, okay, I do have to say because you brought up the shadow powers. Oh <laughs> fucking horse. He's a if shadow slinger. Have a power. He's got shadow powers. This big, angsty, bad boy. Of course, can just do I'm, anything. To with be shadows. clear, I'm not yeah. mad about it. I'm not no, mad about either. it. Even though shadow shadow power basically lets you do anything, which is kind of yeah. a cop out. But anyway, anyway it does. And shadows can like become tangible and like grab people. That was <laughs> weird for me. Be- and uh-huh. this was when I first thought like, oh, she's definitely writing to trend because mm-hmm. one of like the one of the very beloved, much wanted to see in sexy times characters of Sarah J. Moss's Akatar series the is, court of, a, is that the Court of Rose and Thorns? That's the one. Yeah, the mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and. His name is Azriel, and he is, they call it a shadow singer, and I refuse to say that. I will only call him a shadow slinger. But sure. it, his, his, his shadow power makes a little bit more sense because he can just, like, you know, sneak into rooms and find out information and stuff. Zayden can, like, make lassos with his shadow power. So, yeah. so okay, there's a character in uh, the anime Naruto uh, yeah. named Sh- Shikamaru who has... A power like this, where Andrew's so frustrated that I'm oh, so, so, you're so embarrassing. I can't take you anywhere without you but, talking about. But, like, I was waiting no, for this book everything. to be like this because it sounds like it sounds like maybe uh, the actor stuff is similar, or maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's like he can manipulate. I think his shadow, and he can like extend it, and he can send it, and it can it can grab a person, mm-hmm. but it has to be like a continuous like shadow that he can extend. Ooh. And so if he has like a very small shadow because the sun is very high, he can only send it so far. And then oh, he can be, it, it's like, tri- so what, what was kind of frustrating about this to your point, Andrew, is that it's just kind of like, ah, I don't know. There's shadows everywhere. Just, yeah. Just like yeah. as long he can as create anything shadows. in his vicinity is casting a shadow, he can like create a, a, 
tangible force field. But he can do it in the dark too. Yeah. Shadows. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, what, what's the dark? Yeah. It's just one big shadow, isn't it? It's just one big. You're right. I'm <laughs> so, you're right. God. Well, but like even like fully lit middle of noon time, he's like, I'm gonna make a dome of dark, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to darken this whole thing. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to listen to Dashboard Confessional no. and I don't yeah. want anybody to interrupt me. <laughs> oh my God. He's a little it's too a powerful, thing he didn't say, have yeah. this when he was like an emo little 13 year old. Which is not too right. much power. Rebecca Yaros made the Captain Marvel of uh, mm. Shadow mm-hmm. Slingers. That's mm-hmm. what she did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start going through her classes. One of them is Battle thing. Yeah, tell me. To be clear, this is when we really learn, like when they see all these dragons for the first time and they're up like whatever, they've all made it past the parapet. This is when we learn that dragons don't give a fuck. No, they don't. Stand humans. One dude, one dude got scared and they were just like, all right, smoke them, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he starts running and Segale incinerates him. And she's not the only one. There's like so many times where the dragons are just like, even other, after the dragons have chosen a person, it's so another dragon is like, your human's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and just like yeah. blows them off. That's so, wild. That's so wild to me for recruitment. Like, like surely you could put them like maybe in slightly the lower down in your military from Dragon Rider. Because yeah, just put them in the infantry. Like pretty good. Yeah, right. It'd probably be good to have some like shock troops who are like really good at fighting yeah. and smart and like understand battle strategy mm. and don't need to get like just murked by a dragon who found them annoying. Nah. <laughs> They're more useful as a pile of ash. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, so the way that the school year, the first school year is laid out, there's like specific challenges yeah. that they go through that are kind of like exams. Yeah. Right. And so it's like instead of having reading days, you have do the Ninja Warrior course. Yes. And like, yeah. then there's, yeah. you know, then there instead of like midterms, it's like, does a dragon like you or does a dragon kill you? You right. know, like it is weird that they get the dragons like midway through their first year. Seems yeah. a little fast to me. Well, it's, but, I feel like it's it also, makes sense for it to happen that fast because like killed you so may fast. as well find out. I don't think out. there'd be many left if you it's waited true. much yes. longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You got to give the the dragons the opportunity to smoke them before they get smoked by something else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the first challenges that she has to go through is sparring, and yeah, everybody's you're like, sure. "You're the tiniest. You're not strong. You're very easy to break, and we're all worried about you for good reason." Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. Imogen yeah. rips her arm off of her body in her first <laughs> spar. Yeah, during the assessment, when they're not supposed to do any damage at all, Imogen oh, breaks Imogen her bones. Imogen does that, but it's fine, because down, ro- down the aisle, Jack, douchebag just breaks Barlow, the neck. Just he just kills a guy. Yeah. Breaks yeah. the neck of a kid. This you is my favorite thing about, about Murder Dragon School is like, on your, you know, you, they print out the little piece of paper that has your schedule on it, and it's like, oh, history, oh, like a battle class, oh, uh, MMA, where your classmates can kill you with <laughs> yeah. knives. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Imogen actually, okay, so when she gets to sparring the first day during the assessment, Imogen actually also tries to stab her in the gut, except she mm-hmm. gets saved yeah. by her corset, and then she mm-hmm. gets her shoulder pulled out of the socket and her arm broken. Mm -hmm. And Dane takes her to the infirmary and his whole thing is don't fix her very well, because if we leave her broken, then she won't be a rider anymore. We can just take her to the scribe unit and it'll be great. (sighs) 
And she's explained to him no less than two or three times that, like, if she tries to sneak into the scribe school, her mom will just pull her out by her hair and put her back into writer school. Mm-hmm. So it's not even realistic what he's trying yeah. to do. So it's it's not realistic. And it's incredibly insulting and demeaning all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And he does it constantly. Well, and he's not listening to her at all. He does not listen to her one time this entire book. She's like, no. And he's like, I heard yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At first it's like, oh, my mom would find me and and put me back in dragon school anyway. So that's the point. Mm -hmm. And then before very long, it becomes, you know, maybe I can do this. Maybe I, you know, I've, I've survived things. People said I shouldn't be able to survive. I want to, I want to be here and like prove this to myself. Yeah. And he's having the same reaction to her the entire time. Like, eh, yeah. you, don't, you don't seem like you mean it. Let's get you back in the library. How about? And it's just confidence shattering every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So on her bed, she finds a journal that her brother wrote for her sister before she went into writer school. And it's basically like a life hack to survive dragon writer school. Mm-hmm. One of the things she finds out is that they schedule the sparring matches in advance. And if you sneak into a certain room, you can figure out who you're going to be sparring with the next day. So she's like, I brought my poison book for a reason, y'all. I'm going to find out who I'm fighting next day. And then I'm going to poison the shit out of them so that they're they're sick and I will beat them with my knives. Mm-hmm. And... It starts working. Her very first match, she fights a guy called Oren Seafried, I think. And he doesn't want to yield. Yeah, fuck Oren. Yeah. And so he doesn't want to yield until she puts her knee into his back and he just starts vomiting all over the mat. (laughs) So Yeah, she poisoned his breakfast. Mm -hmm. Well, and right around this time is when we start learning a little bit more about the marked ones and all that. Because to get some of her stuff for poison, she she sneaks out after curfew and she goes and she climbs a tree and she gets the stuff. And all of a sudden she sees two people coming, (gasps) like walking up under (gasps) her tree. And then, oh my God, it's Zayden and... Some images and then twenty other oh, is it, marked is it, ones show up. Well, because it's like his cousin Bodie, yeah. his Bo- buddy Bo- Garrick. I love this band that he Same. has. His cousin <laughs> Bodie, his buddy Garrick, Imogen, and then like a bunch of other marked ones. And I think what you're gonna say, Spring, is that like they are not supposed to meet in groups well, more yeah. than three. Yeah, and we don't another, know why, yeah. like we don't know why until the very very end, and then that's when we far- start finding that out. But yeah, uh, like the, the as of right now, it's just like, like they're yeah. gonna be put to death if they get caught with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, in the, this the group. stated reason is like, oh, the only reason more than three of these people get together to talk is if they were plotting further insurrection, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't want them to do that. That's another thing this book does with context is at, at the beginning of every chapter is like a quote from some in fiction like book or yeah. tome or like just a quote or, from yeah, some Brennan's person writings said it. or something and it's yeah. usually either like giving you new information that you had no other way of knowing before which is how i think we learn the uh these people can't congregate in groups of more than three the first mm-hmm. time i think it's dropped on you as like a beginning of chapter thing yeah and then sometimes the it's, it's just like re-emphasizing stuff that you've learned like earlier in the book so that you know to pay special attention to it in this chapter. Yeah. It's like, like, a, like an hbo last time on that's like yeah it's not just the last episode it's like stuff from three episodes ago but we're gonna focus on that character mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's i'll it's say smart. i really appreciated it because there were a couple of times where i read that thing and i was like oh what 
the hell is that? And I'd have to go back like 175 pages and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm on board. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> so during that meeting, she figures out that they're only there to offer help to the first year marked students to like try and make sure they live a little yeah. bit longer yeah. than they normally would. And yeah. she's like, oh, wow, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just really, really sweet. And I wish, like, people from my province would help me out like this. And then one of them goes, when do we get to kill Violet Sorengale? <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> and Zayden's like, she's mine to handle. Everyone mm-hmm. will back off. She's mine to handle. And then he's like, and... go to bed. Goodbye. She waits for a really long time so that, you know, she can be super sneaky. And then she goes down. But suddenly she's pulled against a hard chest, everyone. And then there's a knife to her throat. <laughs> and he's like, he's like fucking Soren Gale. And then they they do some verbal sparring that is very hot. I'm not going to lie to you. He's like, are you going to tell on us? And she's finally like, no, I'm not. No, no. First, she says, are you going to kill me? And he's like, I haven't decided yet. And so then she takes her knives and she throws two of them at him. And he's like, you missed. And then she goes back up to that tree and see where my knives hit and then tell me that I missed. Turns Mm -hmm. out they hit like right where his ears were, like at the same Mm -hmm. latitude. And you know that this is the first time that like Zayden's been into her from Git, we find out. But like this is the first point where, you know, he went. Oh, Oh. suddenly he has a competence boner now. He's got a competence and a danger boner. All at the same time. So then he's like, are you going to tell about us? And she's like, no, I'm not because you're not doing anything wrong. Like she doesn't say this, but she's like, I find it admirable that you're trying to help out younger kids. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, we'll see. We'll see if you tell anyone. And then if you do, I'll have to handle you, which Violet should know is bullshit, because if she tells, he just immediately dies. Yeah. yeah, Like, he's putting a lot of faith into her right now, and I feel like she doesn't acknowledge that does, very is that much. Is that what she, he says that she he does owe her a favor? Yes. He yes. does say yeah. that. That's, the, yeah, that's yeah. The, mm-hmm. first, the, very, the first thing that creates some bond of, like, obligation between the yeah. two of them. And then, oh, oh my God, he says, you look so frail, but you're a violent little thing. And then he says, go to bed before your wing leader finds out you're out of bed. And she's so confused and befuddled that she's like, but you're my wing leader. <laughs> and he's just gone. <laughs> They're back and forth. Really? Like, it just made me so happy because they just. They're very cute. Nothing back. Mm hmm. Is that is this when he coins her nickname or is that a later encounter? I think it's that's a later encounter. Maybe it's a later that's when in... he spars with her. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So she goes through all the sparring. She's knocked out like, you know, seven or eight people with Mm -hmm. various poisons. And her last one is like a little too effective. She either gets the dosage or the timing wrong. Yes. She poisons somebody too much. The person, (laughs) the person can't even like fight. And they're like, oh, I guess you don't have a fight today. And he's like, and Zayden walks up and he's like, yes, you do. I'll step (laughs) in. He says, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. And then he just like progressively takes more and more and more knives from her and just keeps throwing her on the floor. First of all, this fucking asshole. And then there was like some war hornies here though when he's yeah, like on top of her. Sure. And mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, she starts getting the tingles. I was like, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. From the jump, she's like 
my sister told me not to talk to this guy and he also led a rebellion and like killed my brother and stuff, but I'm t- kind of totally into it. He gives me <laughs> pants I feelings, be, but I am. Yeah. I don't know what to tell everyone. He gives mm-hmm. me pants so, feelings. Yeah. Uh, like a style note on the book. Like mm-hmm. she's pretty comfortable with some, this feels silly to say for a fancy book. No, you're fine. Anachronism, right? Like Mm. this is a society (laughs) that does have indoor plumbing. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she does mention playground equipment at one point, but they don't, they, you know, they use ink blotters and they have maybe like cross bolts were invented a little while ago. Yeah. Um, They don't have computers. For sure not. And they don't have cars. You know, it's pre-industrial age, right? Mm -hmm. But Violet says to herself at one point, like, trying to tell herself she's not attracted to Zayden. She's like, I am not attracted to toxic men. Yeah. Like, there is like, <laughs> let's just use modern parlance and call him a toxic man. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's not. Dane is he's the one not. who's toxic. Dane's but a right. toxic man. Mm-hmm. She thinks that's he's right. a toxic man because she's on Twitter and she knows what a toxic man is. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's just, an, it's just a fun like game I had with the book where I was just like, where, what is this world? Like, what do they have? What are they not? And also the voice is like very, it's mostly pretty contemporary. Yeah. They, they, she does have fun when she says fertility suppressant instead of birth control at mm-hmm. one point, which I thought Boy, was Boy, that late. comes up awful late in the book, doesn't it? It does. Like it's it like does. 80% of the way through. B- I mean, they're playing somebody... just the tip well, at this it's point the fr- before it's she's the saying that they I'm taking the fertility the suppressant. Do. Yeah, yeah but they it's not do the first time do. anybody does it. That's and true. No, it's, it, not. it's not. Yeah. It does yeah, just feel people like. People be fucking at this college. People they're be right. fucking at Dragon Murder School. It's almost like, a I'm going to be dead tomorrow. I might as well fuck today. <laughs> That's literally what yes. they say. <laughs> yes. Seize the day or seize the dick, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. Seize the D. Yeah. <laughs> or not, as the case may be, because Rhiannon is in an yeah. on again, off again with Tara. Ooh, with Tara? Mm-hmm. So this is like with all the classes and things. And this is when we start learning about the dragons and we like hear about the dragons and dis- we get described with scale. Like illusions of And things them. like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And um, then they start talking like it's I just love in a especially in a fantasy novel where like they start explaining something and you're like, oh, I see exactly how this is coming back. Because yeah. they were like, mm-hmm. this is the black dragon that hasn't mm-hmm. been seen. in like how yeah. many is like a hundred years uh-huh. old. He's the strongest dragon, blah, 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 blah. And, and then this is when we find out yeah. mm-hmm. the last person who rode this dragon is a mender who died because the mender expended too much energy trying to save Brennan. Yeah. yeah. Brother. And I was yeah. like, Ow, that's sad as shit. Yeah, and so not not only do we find out that this black dragon, this you know illustrious black dragon, but we also find out that feather tails never ever bond. Yeah, everyone, yeah. it's a known fact because everybody else has some badass at the end of their tail, like a, a sword Scorpion. tail. Uh, tail. Tail. Morn- my favorite is morning star tail because morning it's, so star lo- tail. it's such a long why don't you just say spike tail or something why do you why that yeah. <laughs> spiky ball you tail feather tails are just like wussy little dragons that nobody knows about that never that never come I, down i bet the dragons kind of resent like i bet they have their own words for how cool their tails are for sure and they're like these humans are like well name it after one of their stupid weapons like come on <laughs> 
I really like yeah. the idea of like Dragon School where they're naming all of the different kinds of humans. They're like, this is the extra stupid one. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Is, like, you can tell because this of the. got a fart like, human and yeah. the incel These ones one. really yeah. smell. So human. make sure you like. <laughs> this is the chatty human. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So good. Okay, so then the next benchmark is the gauntlet. And so they start, this is the American Ninja Warrior. This is just Malmadoriyama from American Ninja Warrior. This yes. is exactly or it. Or Ninja yep. Warrior. Sasuke, Including yeah. the ball boys that you have to jump on and then, you know, and swing the to the in, next one. And the inverted ramp. It's yes. The, it's the exact, the only thing it doesn't have actually is that kind of spider climb thing at the end. But yeah. yeah. And no, also it does. The fall, chimney. It's not into, yeah, oh, Isn't the, the chimney that right, spider right. climb boy? You're right. You're so. right. Yeah, the chimney has a spider climb, and then you have to like jump across a, yeah, a thing to. There's a the rolling logs. There's all yeah. the things, right? But instead of falling into a dirty lake as <laughs> you do in Ninja Warrior, you <clears> fall <throat> to your death off of a mountain. Yeah. Because again, we can afford to just kill a lot of like mostly able-bodied, yeah, like trained Young. warrior people because they're not good enough for dragons. Just dragons. Do you think the dragons <laughs> care about this shit? Like the dragons are like, oh, he, this guy did it fast. I want that one. Like that's well, what everybody like, says. But come on, we the dragons well, apparently it doesn't no matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter anyway because the dragons flame them anyway. Just at that, random, right. they're like that one's that one's kind of a dick. Like maybe they I should like... meet the dragons first. Like before anything else happens, they just like the first gauntlet is all of the dragons lined up, and you have yeah. to walk past them. And then That's the presentation like, day one, we're just gonna like cut them out from from get. Yeah, like, should be I just, like, a like I think one of the this. classes. <laughs> there should yeah. be. You've got all these ones that are dedicated to like killing people who aren't perceived as strong enough. Fine. You should have like uh, some interview training for your meeting with the dragons because <laughs> I think like just a bunch of these kids needed a tip that was like, don't like insult dragons in front of the dragons. Like they don't like, they I don't mean, like that. <laughs> well, my favorite is when the, uh, like what you just said is we don't know anything about the feather tails and like uh-huh. one of the people is just like you don't know what they can do that yeah, yeah. they just can look at you and implode you on the spot and the, like, and the guy is like this is a piece of shit dragon and it turns out that feather tails are just like dragon toddlers they're just like babies. they're just yeah. little, they're just little kids yeah Ugh. but they're not hatchlings they're not hatchlings that's no. right so she has to, to practice this thing right and so she this is the first time i think that one of her squad mates dies and the lady dies in front of her, and it's a whole mm-hmm. big thing. Mm-hmm. She can make it up every single obstacle except the last two, which are the chimney and the inverted ramp. And yep. she can't get up the chimney simply because of her height. So they go through this long progression of practicing the gauntlet because the whole point is on the real day, and, and literally nothing is different from the practice to the actual day, <laughs> except that you can maybe take a rope down if you need to during practice. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, mm-hmm. you just sort of have to fling yourself off if you can't get up an obstacle. <laughs> um, yikes. So after this girl dies... In Navarre, the tradition is to burn all of their stuff and, like, bury the body. And so she has to take all the girls' belongings Mm. to the burial, or, I'm sorry, the burning. And on her way back from that, she sees that Zayden and two other marked pals are coming in, like, late. She's, like, out after curfew, which I don't know why that would be okay, but that's fine. And he notices her, and so he stops, 
and she's like, okay, so are you going to kill me now? And he's like, I really just haven't decided. And she's like, I really, you know what? At this point, because Dane, this is the fifth time that he's told her she has to go to the scribe core. And not only that, but he like set it up so that they can do it in secret. And all she's Uh got to do is be like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. But she's already feeling like I've survived so long. I think I might be a writer, actually. Like, I Mm -hmm. think this might be for me. So it's not just, you know, the impossibility of it that's keeping her from making that choice. And she looks at at Zayden and she's like, I just need to know because I'm trying to make some big decisions and it would like really (laughs) impact my week. All right. And so she says, like, I'm thinking about quitting, basically. And he says, I didn't take you for a quitter. And then when he figures out that it's just because she physically can't do the last two obstacles, he looks at her and he says, the right way isn't the only way. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves. So then she noodles on it all night. And the next day, as they're walking to the gauntlet, Dane is standing next to her being like, I can't lose you, Violet. I can't, you can't, I can't live my, can't with myself this. if yes. anything you happens you can't to you. Do the, you can't do this to me. It's going to hurt me, my please. feelings <laughs> if you die. Please care about my man feelings. <laughs> it just blows my mind because like, this isn't even the most annoying that he gets. And mm-hmm. at this no. point in the book, I'm already so sick of Dane. I was going to light him on fire. Yeah, I'm over it. Like this is <laughs> like, this is definitely a like a Rubicon for his character where he's like, okay, you're like concerned <laughs> but doing a bad job of it before, and now it's like, well, you're just be, kind of being unsupportive you're just and a not douche. Like, yeah, you're just not you're not There's listening. A, there was a health.com interview with Yaros mm. about the Ehlers Danlos stuff and like the representation. Mm. And she talks about Zayden and she's like, it was exceptionally important that Violet's love interest treats her as capable and encourages her to become her best self and like yes. not holding her back and stuff. So like the fact that Zayden, even before they're in like a proper like what if we kissed state and still on paper hate each other. Yeah. The fact that he is like, no, you're more capable than that. You can figure it out. Yeah. And then we have the the foil of Dane being like, what if you sucked and I just like helped you suck over there instead right, of getting right. you know, sucking in front of a dragon? <laughs> No, it's like, totally on, true. Dude. Like when Zayden did the practice sparring with her, he was actually teaching her through the whole thing. So he's yeah, disarming yeah, yeah, her yeah. and then he's teaching her and he's like, you could hit me here and here and here. And he's doing it really quietly and also sexily and like whispering in her ear. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he looks at Dane specifically and he says she could use a lot less protection and a lot more instruction. Yeah. Stop coddling her. Mm-hmm. She can do this. And then he fucks off. So she's like, Dane, I'm doing the gauntlet. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it or I'm going to die. Like, get in line. Mm -hmm. So she figured out that there's some stuff that she can do to aid her in, like, getting up the chimney. And I'm going to be honest with you. I could not understand the physics or logistics of the rope helping up a chimney. I didn't understand yeah, what happened. My, my the in my brain the way it was is you like from the outside of the chimney you take a rope and you like loop it around the far side and then you pull it tight and you just kind of like shimmy up yes. like kind of using the rope as like 
leverage or not. I don't know if that's yes. the right word. But I you think know that's. I mean? But Maybe. That, I, yeah, I agree with you that I needed I read to read times. a couple of times. To, yeah. yeah. Whimsy, whimsy, whimsy. Whimsy, whimsy, whimsy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then after she gets up the chimney, the last thing is that ramp. And she hasn't even had a chance to practice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she uses all her momentum because she's really fast. She's always been yep. fast and, and pretty agile. She runs and runs and runs, and then she grabs one of the daggers out of her vest, and when she just feels like gravity's going to take her back down, she puts that dagger into the wood, and then she uses that to, like, hoist herself up the final Mm -hmm. foot. And she can literally feel herself ripping her own arm out of the socket doing this. Like, just as an example of the fact, Mm -hmm. like, because later in the book, she starts getting trained on like strength training instead of just right. attack mm-hmm. training because mm-hmm. she desperately needs it. She needs to work yeah. on the muscle mass a little bit to help keep her bones where her bones are supposed to be boning. Yeah, there's like a fantasy right? thigh master machine that yeah. she uses. Yeah. <laughs> Again, what is the level of technology here? It's very funny. She does say me. that it's all about the pulleys, you know? So yeah, <laughs> sure. It's like yeah. Dragon Planet Fitness. It's great. <laughs> and so... <laughs> One of the ladies who, like, used to bang Dane, and the reason is because they both love rules so much. Amber? Amber, yes. Amber and... Yeah. No, Amber and Zayden, I thought. No, Dane. Amber and Dane did, because Dane's so upset that she gets... Dane, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Amber comes over and she's like, you can't use outside stuff. You're disqualified. And Mm -hmm. she's another wing leader. And so Zayden's like, hey, girl... I'm in charge of this one and I'm the yeah. one who's going to make the final decision. And so he mm-hmm. looks at her and he's like, explain why that was okay. Justify yourself. Mm-hmm. And so she says that she didn't use foreign materials because the rope is technically part of the course for the first one. Mm-hmm. And then she uses this addendum to a rule <laughs> on stuff you brought the to codex. camp. Yeah. 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 And she says that this addendum makes it so that anything you bring across the parapet is considered part of your person. And so it's not a form. It's basically yeah. part of your body. Yeah. Like, so the, she's dag- like I, the daggers I, I use, I brought from home. That's basically, right. So they're exactly. part of me. Yeah. Exactly. You, can't use the, you cannot use the daggers that you won from other people by beating them up or poisoning them and then beating That's them right. up. Mm-hmm. But you can right. use the daggers that you brought from home. How mm-hmm. do they know that for sure? That does bring up a question. They don't. I have, though. But. What happens when you're out of daggers? If you keep getting them stolen, what if you just really I mean, suck? You're done then. They don't really you talk about you're toast. Dra- murder dragon school. Yeah, you're probably already dead. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't have made it to yeah. the gauntlet. Whimsy, whimsy, whimsy. Exactly, yeah. Craig. Okay. I, just, like, I did think about that because like some people just had so like Zayden literally has a wall of knives <laughs> in his yeah. room. Because he's so badass. What mm-hmm. yeah. a badass. And so she's like, I use my thing from home, and so it's part of my body, so it's okay. Uh-huh. And Zayden looks at Amber, and he's like, she's got you, Amber. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And then Amber says, you think like a scribe. And Violet goes, <laughs> I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Me and my big giant brain. It's great. <laughs> so now we get to presentation. Yeah, the presentation is the thing before the threshing. This is the dra- which is dragon a real walk. whack name for meeting your dragon, but yeah. America's next top dragon. But presentation yeah. is just you you wander through a long corridor and the dragons just kind of look at you and if they don't like something about the cut of your jib, they can that just, just incinerate you. <laughs> <laughs> they just and what? They burn two people during presentation in their squad, right? One is Percy, mm-hmm. the cheaty of the group who can't decide anything yeah. and just gets okay. burned instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then Luna, 
Luna or Luca? Luca. Or Pryor There's is his three name, of excuse them. me. Yeah. Yeah. We also and Luca's just a where... bitch. Sorry, go ahead. We also have a moment where, like, <laughs> boy, howdy, I can't believe that she did not pee her fucking pants because she's yeah. walking. And all of a sudden, two green dragons, which are the super aggressive ones, where you're yeah. like, like, in class, they're like, don't look them in the eye. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't do it. Like, don't ever. And, like, she's straight up like, what's happening? And turns around and she's just, like, dead staring at these yeah, green, at, like, dragons. green dragons. And they're like, uh-huh. oh, no. They're and doing a big snurfle on her. They are. It's because they can smell Mira's dragon's scales in the corset on yeah. her yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she's like she explains them because they're also the most they don't look them in the eye but they're also the most reasonable but don't yeah. look them in the eye that's yes, right yeah. and so they just kind of let her go most reasonable is not like a super high no clear for <laughs> dragons like it's it just not. seems like most of them just kind of do what they want <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair are you gonna stop them because i'm not no nope. no no. no. So, so yeah, we we we. So a couple of people get torched. The other the other big like story thing that happens is we had heard tell of some kind of like golden dragon before. I think it maybe a in, feather in, like, tail, battle, yeah, battle class yeah. or something. And it turns out that the golden feather tail dragon is there as part of the the dragon watch, and but a it's bunch of the students. It's little teeny tiny. And several of the students decide to make fun of it, which, again, just seems like maybe the first thing they should have taught them in dragon school when they were teaching them, like, not to look them in the eyes. It's like, don't insult. Just don't insult dragons. I mean, Andrew, I'm so sorry. I feel like they did, though. You know what I mean? Like, I I also feel like that if you have a semblance of, like, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You want to make riot? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not going to fucking... Who goes, mm, you know, that thing with the teeth and the claws and the fire breathing and the the spike tail? Like, yeah. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk shit yeah. about it. Looks Fuck like a them. real wiener. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so like when they when the wiener boys are like, let's kill this wiener dragon. Yeah. They, they purportedly. <laughs> is, you're skipping to the threshing, I think. Oh, sorry. Is that fine? You like, are, it's cool. That's, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Is there anything else it's we need to cover before the threshing? No. No, I don't think anything. I don't think we like, go the, straight to threshing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, um, is basically the choosing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's. I thought it was going to be dragon speed dating. Okay. But that's what the oh. pres- <laughs> presentation was. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yes. now where they just go into like the forest, and if they come across a dragon and it feels weird in their tummy, they need to get away as soon as possible. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if they come near a dragon and it feels like maybe okay, then like stand still and wait to see if the dragon maims you severely, <laughs> because if you're maimed. But then they let you get on their back. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Most yeah. dragons scar their riders. Day yeah. one. It's great. Oh, my God. This relationship is questionable. At best. I'm not into toxic dragons. That's right. No. <laughs> so the Wiener Boys, Jack yeah. Barlow, um, Orin, Seifert, yeah, some and other Tynan. dickhead. Tiny, What's his name? Tynan. Tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, a, a group of men who Violet has beaten in some way, but has allowed yeah. to live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, toxic Violet boys have been kill. emasculated. Yeah, no. They, in addition, and the other thing about the threshing is that like people just get killed in the threshing because it's like I want that dragon stab. I'm gonna run over and make the dragon like me. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole thing that happens. And yeah. so like the there's the tension of are people gonna try to kill Violet? during this whole thing the answer um, is which yes they do yes. yeah 
Um, but the wiener boys roll up on the feather tail first because they're with, they're hunting the feather tail. And they're they're if this is actually real, I don't I think they're just stupid and mean. OK, but uh-huh. the, I think Jack, the ringleader, is like, well, if it does bond with someone, it's weak and will be bad for our army. So we should kill it. I think you're yeah. just a sadistic idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, but that's definitely yeah. how he sells it to the other two who are, who are yeah. mildly less sadistic. Sure. Bigger idiots, though, that they're <laughs> for being sure. <laughs> for sure. coerced yes. into this. Like, sirs. Yeah. So Violet hears this and she's like, I can't let this stand. Like, they don't know anything about the feather tail, but also, like, it was only like a couple of feet taller than she was. And she's like, I can't let them kill the bitty one. So she goes to try and warn that dragon to, like, get away before the wiener boys get there. (laughs) Except that she's trying to, like, you know, chat with the dragon from far away to, like, stay back in the trees. And they all walk into the clearing where Goldie, she's calling the dragon right now, Uh is standing. And she notices that, like, Goldie doesn't have any claws and, like... Goldie, she doesn't know if Goldie can fly and like yeah. her tail is feathers or breathe fire. Yeah. Like there's not a single spike on it, you know, when obviously like it's just a sweetie pie because she's like whispering it's just to a sweetie and she's pie. like, hey, you got to go. And the like the dragon's like, Ooh? yeah, like, like <laughs> do you want to talk to like, me? It's so cute. I want to talk to you. It's adorable. Yeah. He's Andrew- a puppy. We, you and I have been reading um, the Sandman series recently yeah. as we record this. And like mm-hmm. later when we talk, when we meet this dragon and like hang out with this dragon, there are parts that remind me of Delirium. Like it's just like a cool a vibes based <laughs> baby dragon. It's like, what if we just talked about whatever, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't, I mean, like she does like buckle down and do some cool shit, but like there are conversations where she's like, I don't know. I, yeah, what a, it's like talking to it is like talking to a toddler. It's like, it is, I, it's it's a, like it's very toddler because then when Violet brings up that it's just a toddler, the dragon's like, no, I'm a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I pull my exactly. own underwear up and everything. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a baby. I'm a big boy. Big dragon. boy. Yeah. So when this happens, she's like, I can't let this stand. She walks into the clearing and she's like, this is wrong. Y'all can't do this. And also, not only is it wrong, it's stupid. Like, what do you think is going to happen if one of these big giant dragons finds out you killed another dragon? This is, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? And Jack is like, no, I just think this is a two for one deal. Because now I've got you and the little weakling that I can kill all in mm-hmm. one shot. Mm-hmm. But then as that happens, she hears a voice from behind her. And Zayden says, I suggest you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, why? And it's because Zayden and Segale are standing on the sidelines. Here's the rub, though. They're not allowed to interfere at all. For some reason. No. There's, there, this is one thing that bothered me a little bit is like the rules for when and how a <laughs> person is allowed to kill another person just seems totally like. And what's the point of letting them watch if they can't do anything? Here, the yes, the older kids are allowed to watch but not do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even Zayden being there is like like he's kind of doing something. And the the other one I thought was stupid is like, so okay, you get through the threshing, and we'll talk through the rest of what happens. But so you've got this bond with your dragon, and we've been told that. If the dragon or the human in a bonded pair dies, it's bad for the other 
being like it makes the dragon super sad and it makes the human super dead yeah yes but also like right after <laughs> the bonding happens they let all the unbonded first years like stick around and yeah. it's like semi it's like at least not frowned upon to try and <laughs> kill a bonded person to try and get a second bite at the apple and like maybe their dragon will bond you instead if you kill their the, like the person who bonded what the fuck <laughs> and that's yeah, really so, like wouldn't the dragons be like hey it makes us really sad when you do that could you not i made a choice not, man could you not do anything to the person i bonded like out of respect for me well, maybe? Like the humans also just have this like gigantic idea of what the dragons want like really, and don't when like it boils mm-hmm. down to it mm-hmm. and then like yeah. that this comes up because uh, we'll get to it but when Violet meets her dragon. He's like, mm, yes. Tell me more about what it is that I want. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, and then they, there's like yeah, a whole dragon the Congress. Yeah. There's like a whole dragon Congress that happens and everyone's like, this has never happened before. Mm-hmm. What? We've been with these dragons for 600 years and they like went off and had a, a meeting behind closed doors. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, come on. They have culture. Like elephants. Like, if there's <laughs> anything we've learned in these classes, it's that, like, these people don't actually know shit. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. The dragons. They know that they're a lot. They know that sometimes they don't get flamed, and so therefore they get cool powers. Yeah. And they got, like, their tails are different shapes. Okay, so they're standing there, and Jack Barlow is like, no, Zayden, I'm so sorry. I have zero respect for you. I'm going after her anyway. And he runs at her. And so she takes her dagger and she throws it at him, pops him right in the shoulder and, you know, shreds his shoulder, basically. And so he's like, oh, my God, kill her. And then then he he runs. But then he runs away. He runs away. (laughs) Like it makes like so fast that it makes that like Scooby-Doo sound effect that it makes when they they run away from a ghost. (laughs) Like he runs really fast. It's true. But then Orin and Tynan are still there, and now they're just committed to the mission, because how mm-hmm. dare she? Right. And so she has to fight both of them for a long time, frankly, to the point where Tynan, like, cuts almost her whole arm off. Yeah. And she stabs somebody, and it's, like, a whole thing. She knocks Orin out, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because definitely yeah. one of the one of the two of them is still around to haunt her for, for a bit. Like, yeah. 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 And so Zayden, she looks over, and Zayden is, like, taking a step toward her as if he might just interfere. But then there's a shadow and a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh that happens <laughs> behind her. And Tynan looks up. And he looks up like as if he's looking at a skyscraper. All right. Mm -hmm. He's looking all the way up because there's the biggest, blackest dragon that anybody's ever seen. It's one of those matte black dragons, just like his mate, Segale, who is Zayden's dragon. We don't Mm -hmm. know that yet, though. No. And he's standing there with little Goldie in between his forelegs. And he says, step aside, human, like into her brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's how the dragons talk. Yeah, into their brains. That's the one. And you can't t- stop them. No. Craig, I forget. Is that how the dragon talking happens in Aragon too? I forget. I think it is. Okay. It's just another dragon related yeah. book I've read in the I last I should have said years. this earlier. Like this book way more than Aragon. This book way better than Aragon. <laughs> it's way better than I read a book for the show called that was in the Chronicles of Elantra series that I absolutely oh, hated yeah, that yeah. we can talk about a little bit later because I think it illustrates what I think works about this book, even when it's Ooh. doing a bunch of tropey fantasy stuff. But yeah, this big old black dragon who we've heard about before in Dragon School. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. As this impossible to bond dragon who wasn't even going to bother to show up to threshing because none of the students are cool enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Has come to the aid of this little gold dragon and by extension, Violet. And does yeah. he, does he like straight up torches? One yeah. Of them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he, he torches Tynan to the ground, and then he says, you should end the enemy that's at your feet right now. Mm-hmm. And she says, I can't kill an unarmed, unconscious man. And then he's like, well, he would kill you. And she says, yeah. that is a commentary on his character, not mine. Ooh. So then he says, get up on my back, human. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when she realizes, like, oh, shit, this is that black dragon. And it's yeah. choosing me. And she's, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm excited. I'm being excited right now. She's not yeah. excited. No, she's, she's like, terrified. what no, the she's like, what? fuck? I don't want anything to do with this. And she can't, she can't get up because she's hurt, right? And this dragon and is, ba- it's short. like trying to climb a skyscraper. Yeah. And then, yeah. he, so he, he ends up bowing and putting his leg out so she can crawl yeah. up his leg. And he's like, yeah. I've seen your memories, human. I'm not letting you stab me in the leg <laughs> yeah. to climb up yeah. the, whole, the whole thing is the, the inverted wall is, it's supposed to like, prove that you can hop onto your dragon yeah, yeah. and which mm-hmm. i thought was kind of neat and so he it knows is really she neat can't, she can't do it yeah. i was legit surprised that this happened i know that they foreshadowed this cool sick dragon but i going into the threshing was when they also f- foregrounded uh goldie and, and the feather i was like oh this is gonna be kind of a like how to train your dragon situation where she is the weak looking human and we get the weak looking dragon and they do cool stuff that no one has ever seen before. Yeah. That's what I thought. That also That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. But oh I was God. very surprised when Taryn showed up and yeah. this all took place. I went from, or, I went from thinking like when the black dragon was brought up in class, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. so that's going to be her dragon. Right. But then yeah, later when we're meeting Goldie and we haven't seen the black dragon, it's like, oh, okay. The Goldie thing's going to happen. It's like one of these two tropes is going <laughs> to, it's going to come to pass. I just don't know which well, one yet. <gasps> then turns why? out it's both of them. Yeah, why not both? They both choose. Why the not both? This is a why choose book, it, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except they this don't fuck the dragon. Before. This is like the Except only dragon the related dragon. why choose I've ever read where they don't mm-hmm. fuck the dragon. That's right. Listen, this is Same book one. Here. This is book one of five. We got, we got time. <laughs> we got room. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure that Sigail would flame the shit out of her real fast if she tried to fuck Taren. Maybe. Especially since we find out they have such a healthy sex life. Anyway. Well, (laughs) dragons do be fucking in this book. Yes. On screen, but in a way that affects you on screen. You are very aware. That there's dragon lust going on. Yeah, like, dragon, I loved dragon, it. dragon riders, right? Am I right? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> okay. So then they're flying back, right? So she gets on his back, and he like goes takes off, and little Goldie's coming with, and they're flying, and all of these dragons that have new riders are like doing flips and turns and all of these things. And all I can think is these people have never ridden a dragon before. I don't know how the fuck they're staying on. And he's like, well, we're about to do some crazy shit. Cause we have to show them up because like, obviously mm-hmm. I can't, I can't be the least cool dragon out here. So he like puts like mental bands on her legs and starts doing like death spirals through the air. I mean, first and, she like, falls off and then he goes and catches her and we see another 
a dragon in he, the same sequence whose rider her falls to off. Stop making us look bad. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a, but there's another guy who falls off his dragon, and he's just like, well, I guess he's dead now. It's just like another yeah. way you could get killed in dragon school. Is well, like- and that's the thing. For every other dragon there, the flight back to the field is another. It's part like, of the test. Test. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's another. If you can't stay on me, then you don't deserve me. Meanwhile, he just keeps on catching her, and then he keeps her on with his powers. His brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be clear, though, when he catches her, he then proceeds to just chunk her up in the air <laughs> like a like sack that. of grain mm-hmm. and then make mm-hmm. sure he's underneath and to pick her up again. But, like, this is another example of why I could not be a dragon rider <laughs> because he would do that and i would just die on the spot he'd be like oh no i, I broke my human yeah but you did <laughs> no but i do i do love this because you said it earlier i feel like this is a how to train your dragon in reverse it is you know how to train your human how to train your rider yeah, try to hu- yeah. yeah mm-hmm. how to train your rider yeah so she's really confused by this because it's been drilled into them Dragons choose the strongest and the fiercest and the bravest and the all, you know, the est of everything. And so she's like, uh, you caught me. That's fucking weird. You're helping me on your back. That's really weird. Both of those things should be like disqualifying problems. Why did you choose me? Mm-hmm. And Tarn, his name is Tarn basically ends up by the end of the ride saying you were incredibly brave by standing up to three larger people to defend Goldie. You were fierce in that defense. Like, you know, you have all of the qualities that someone needs and strength of character. And like that ended up being the thing that made me choose you. So they get down to the field. And at this point, they're all supposed to line up and tell the scroll keeper the real secret name yeah, the of full, the dragons. The full Christian name of each dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some questions here, and we should probably just scooch past them. But also, like, one of the reasons that you go up and tell the scroll keeper the name is so they can confirm that you did not, like, coerce or force the dragon. And I was like, what first year do you think is going out there and fucking hogtie manhandling a dragon into flying? What? I guess maybe you could, like, blackmail a dragon, maybe. Maybe? Like, like... I just think every every rule has, play that out for us, Craig. Every every rule like this has like a, a face attached to it, right? Like there is one. Mm. There's one person who existed who is the yeah. reason why this, and they are the the person who didn't actually bond a dragon, but did come up and register a fake dragon name, Ooh. and then just like oh. fake their way through the next two years of dragon school, and like yeah, well, and my and dragons <laughs> up in Canada, and you'll yeah, we'll, yeah. like well, like you're on the field, they're like, "Where's your dragon?" And they're just like, "Oh, he's shy." He's in the he's yeah, he's taking a break. He's eating a goat he's, or something he's doing, somewhere. He's doing a study abroad. They do like yeah. a goat. <laughs> so so this, this scene has a couple of things happening, right? Like Zayden's bouncing around wondering what's going on. Dane is wandering around wondering why she's not dead and like, you know, smothering her. <laughs> her mother is there because she's, you know, general number two. Yes. So there's like a confrontation with the mother thing. Also, we like briefly meet what is his name? Megrol or something like whatever the like the lead general is, whose yeah. cool magic power is like knowing how battles will work out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like great for a full time general position. You've been in 
forever war. Like, yeah, he, <laughs> power's worthless. I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's that he can like see what's gonna happen to individual people. Maybe I'm. I'm. There's some. Something, something with the rebels clouds his to vision it. too. Yeah. 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 yeah um, which is a weird loophole for his dragon to put in there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Since yeah. his dragon's the one who marked all of them. Anyway, so she has to go up and tell oh! the the Christian name of yeah of the dragon in order to prove that like it's her dragon and she's hearing her mom talk to other people and they're like oh my gosh violet violet bonded and then she goes don't say his name wait until she says it and she's like wow my mom doesn't even believe the things she's looking like at with her eyeballs because i'm so weak apparently Mm -hmm. so she goes up and she tells the scroll person his name is tiernanok and he's mine and then in her in her brain parts Little Goldie one says, um, and I'm Aranandura or something like that. And and Darn wait, okay, so the full and, and, and Darna Yoram, that's what it is. Yes, and then and Darna Yoram is the full name. Yeah, yeah. And so she says, and and Darna Yoram, and then the lady's like, both dragons. <laughs> and I love this because a few chapters, there's like three chapters that ends with, and all hell breaks loose <laughs> because yeah. like this crazy <laughs> thing happened. Yelling! Yeah. People are just That's running great. around. No, it is like the moment in some in some like movie where like a girl tries to sign up for a football team and like yeah. somebody's mo- like somebody's monocle falls out or something. Like it's, it's very scandalizing for everybody at this dragon school. Well, yeah, because like it hits the shan. Everybody is pissed. Yeah. Like she can't do that. She can't have more than one draw off these things. And it's like again, everybody's like, what do these you- humans think? They can do about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then the dragons are like, listen, we're going to go over on the other side of that mountain. We have we're a dragon smoke Congress. some cigars and have dragon have Congress. This is the Empyrean that is like their government. That's the one. Because this has never happened before. And so, like, mm-hmm. they're going to go talk about it. And all the humans are like, we had opinions, but I guess they don't matter. Yeah. Because uh, they I don't. Because we'll you're wait. little. You don't do anything. You're just little exactly. people. You get all your powers from the dragons. As far as the dragons are concerned, all of them are weenie boys. Like, yes. yeah. True. True. <laughs> Absolutely. So the dragons finally come back and it stands. She gets yeah. both dragons. But while the dragons are talking, I'm so sorry, a very important thing happens. Dane comes over and he says, are you sure that really happened to you? Tell me everything. And she's like, yeah, I was there. Tells him the whole story. And then he says, they're going to make you choose. And when they make you choose, you have to choose the tiny, small one that will never go into battle. And they can you can just go sit in a corner and crochet together. That's my plan. My name is Dane. Hello. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to choose. Like, no human has ever chosen. That's not going to happen. He keeps on trying to talk her into it. And then he finds out Zayden was there. And he's like, don't you see what Zayden did? And then Zayden comes out of those shadows. And he says, please tell me what it is you think I did. <gasps> oh, and at this point, this is when, so before Taryn even went to the Empyrean thing, he yeah. told her, he was like, Go oh, yeah. with Zayden. Do not yeah. trust anybody else. And so she ends up mm-hmm. with Dane because Dane needs a little shit and pulls her aside before she can do it. Plus, like, why is she going to like she's like, this is a brand new dragon. I know that dude wants to kill me. So like, right, I'm gonna right. go, like fuck that. <laughs> right. But then this is when we find out that Zayden's dragon, Segale, is Tarn's mate. 
And that's yeah. actually why Taryn even showed up is because Segale was in that meadow and she was like, yeah. hey, babe, babe, <laughs> <laughs> can you come here for a second? And Darna's yeah. in trouble. I can't do shit because of these stupid human rules. And they're the one <laughs> one time that I pay any attention to what the humans fucking want. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. So, like, can you come over here for a second? And then that's when Terra goes, whoa, 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 and yeah. just, like, comes whoosh, and, like, flops whoosh. down. And <laughs> yeah. now this is when we find out that because... So Taryn was all fucked up emotionally by mm-hmm. the death of his rider. So that's when he was like, I'm never taking a human again. They suck. They make me sad. I got tears (laughs) in my eyes. And then he comes in, chooses her. Well, if his next rider dies, he possibly won't survive it because he'll be so heartbroken. Because he gets so sad. Yes. The saddest dragon. Yeah. And then if he dies, Segale dies Mm -hmm. because your dragon mate dies and if Scale dies, Zayden dies. Yeah, it's a big, like, mutually assured destruction thing. And so yeah. now, Zayden, I hate you, Rorios, or whatever his name is, is like, now I have to protect this one. I don't have yeah. a choice. If you die, I die. Period. The end. I have so, to protect like, you. Meanwhile, shut up, Violet. He's been protecting you this whole fucking time. Yeah, of course ah. he has. Is his last name Ryerson? I remember because of... The from guy Groundhog from the Day? movie Groundhog Day, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ned Ryerson, Zayden Ryerson, remember yeah. me, Zayden? <laughs> Sorry. Then he steps in a portal or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, though, the only death he's interested in giving her is one thousand percent the little death. Like, get your head out That's of the your one. ass. That's the <laughs> one. Okay. Yeah. Like that French he's been death, gazing uh-huh. at you from the yeah. D- yeah. Christ. Anyway, so <laughs> they start doing flying trainings, and that's not going well. She does keep on falling off like three dozen times in an hour. Yeah, because she's she wants to try to learn. Because the problem is, if he uses his power to keep her on, then he doesn't have enough power to murder people. I guess. Yeah, yeah it takes power from him if he has to worry about her not being able to stay on his back. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, a few things happen, and I think we just sort of have to skim through it. Shit finally comes to a head with Dane because he finds out that she can't keep her seat. And he, once again, after she's been chosen by two dragons, he tries to talk her into, like, you know, thinking that she's shit. And she finally says, I'm going to cut you out of my life. Like, we're not. Oh, also, they kissed. Also Dane kissed, kissed her. her. Yeah, they, they yeah. kissed at the dragon ceremony. And she was like, oh, well, touched this, her this didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's like, fuck this. I never want to kiss that guy again. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. And then he tries to let her down easy. And she's really, really relieved until she finds out that, like, it's just because he can't bang a younger student. The optics are bad. Yeah. The rule. He can, the rules. The rules of Dragon School. I've got to. Oh, I've gotta is that also be. Is it, somewhere in this is also the thing where Dane's like, Zayden, you would you would have bent the rules to save her. Yeah. And Zayden's like, wouldn't you? And he's like, no. I really super wouldn't I will never. Right yeah. before Taryn shows up. Yeah. It, like Zayden moves to to kill the weenie boys, even though he's not yeah. supposed to. And and Violet sees that and like notes it, is like, oh, yeah, he is not supposed to break the rules, but he clearly intended to until something else happened. Yeah. This yeah. is also like this is when yeah. Violet is like, get fucked, Dane. Yeah. yeah. So the I think our, our talking about stuff out of order will benefit us here. Like we did, we did talk about the the dragon saddle already, which is pretty yep. cool. Mm-hmm. And how it like that's and a, Zayden gets that for her. He yeah, designs yeah, and it. gets it for her. It. 
and makes it so the dragon can put it on and take it off himself. And Taryn's like, I would never let him put something on me I couldn't take off. Please, I'm Taryn. This is also like Taryn. We like very swiftly, we find out that Taryn is the sassiest, grouchiest grandpa of a dragon. But he's got a heart of gold. Heart of gold. Yes. He loves hard, everybody. Like the biggest development, I think, that happens like post threshing that we need to talk about until we start getting into sort of like endgamey kind of stuff mm-hmm. is there's an attempt on Violet's life. life by mm-hmm. a big group of students who weren't chosen by dragons, but aided by one person who was chosen by a dragon. And she has this moment with Andarna, the little yellow gold dragon where he comes in and like briefly stops time so that she can like escape from these, these people and Zayden has time to get to her and like come in and kill them all. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because she and was, she was trying to figure out what she was going to do and Taryn's in her head and he's like, I yeah, can't help you, but I'm I sending can't make it help. in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Cause he can talk, he can talk to Sigale who can then talk to, and like you find out that they can actually all talk to each other. And they all, yeah, they're, they're all, a big they all happy family. Kind of network their brains and can can all talk to each other. They which set is up kind the, of yeah. the family group chat. And you know, you they know. do yeah. like yeah. like basically brain sexed each other in the fucking cafeteria <laughs> and like <laughs> in sure. the middle of class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're right, yeah, but, Andrew, because it's like she's in a headlock, and then Darna helps her like freeze time. Yeah, because it's like a, a thing. Because because it. She's not going to get powers directly from Andarna until he's older, but mm-hmm. there is this thing that he can do that's like unique to younger dragons, feather tails, whatever the designation you want to use is where they can, they have like these strange powers that even the dragons don't really understand that they grow out of later, but that they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Actually. Well, and yeah. they find like, I bet this is going to come back later in the series because like they can legitimately like humans can take though. Like they, like the, like that power is not the dragon's bonded, power being yeah. channeled. That mm-hmm. power is like you can kill that dragon. It's a direct by taking that power. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. If, you, if you freeze time for too long, Andarn can die. Yeah, so it's nuts because Zayden comes in, he vanquishes all of the foes that are present. And then there's a sexy point where he, like, you know, has to take off her course a little bit to check her ribs. It's fine, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, no yeah. big deal, whatever. <laughs> yeah, silky silky I love to go to murder college where my RA bursts in and murders yeah. six people in my room for yeah. me. And wants yeah. to touch your bare skin. And then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me up. yeah. yeah to check, to uh, quote, check your ribs. Gotta I just check would them. like sure. to note, like, the description <laughs> while time is frozen of him in the door, like an avenging angel. He's listener. got a murder mm-hmm. face You're gonna on. like that. That description, my friend. Wowza. Mm-hmm. Wowza. So then he takes her, they have a family meeting, and they find out all this shit about feather tails and what Andrew just described. And then after that, we sort of have to move on to the channeling, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like people have started having their power. So like essentially what happens yeah. is the dragon channels their power, but the power is different. So even even if that dragon has had a rider before, you're not going to have the same power as the rider that had that mm-hmm. dragon before you because the power, your signet power, is based on who you are as a person, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. it's something at your core, and that's how it's going to be. So people, like, their powers have started coming up. So we know that, um, I don't remember if we talked about this earlier, but Dane's power is if he touches your face like a fucking weirdo, <laughs> then he can see your most recent <laughs> memories, um, which yes. I wish that I had remembered 
a lot until <laughs> the end of the book when I found out what had happened. And I was like, yeah. oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And then another like, but it's fucked up because some of the powers, they'll kill you over it. So like there's one type of power called like the intrinsic or something like that yeah. where you just yeah you, you hear everybody's voices in your head like what they're thinking and straight up one of the professors just rolls up in the middle of the quad to this dude and snaps his neck which to be fair well, that this, dude was losing it yeah here's he what i liked about that scene is it's the payoff for the uh can you just recite wikipedia to calm yourself because yeah she mm-hmm. knows things about zayden and about the dragons and while this guy, because he's literally just like saying things from people's brains, mm-hmm. um, it's like every like when a when a mutant from X Men like gets their telepathy power and it's kind of like out of control. Yeah, he's like a Sookie Stackhouse right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> but very overwhelmed. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, and just a note. Unsurprisingly, Dane's like, I wonder if Violet's ever gonna forgive me. Fuck yeah. you, Dane. <laughs> and so Zayden's like, listen, you gotta start doing your Wikipedia thing, or else he's gonna learn all our secrets. And so, like, that is the like kind of payoff for that thing that has happened a couple times, which was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. With, like the, I think Sagale says it. It's like Mira is a protective person, so she has a protective ward power. Dane needs to know everything, so he yeah. has a weird memory power. Yeah, and we don't know what Violets is going to be. Zayden oh, has, has secrets. secrets. Yeah, Zayden has secrets. So, he's, so he's a shadow boy. Oh no! <laughs> and so her her power is not coming in, not coming in. Almost everybody else who's been bonded. Uh, has, has way, had their signet they're like manifest dropping like at this flies point. Finally, when their signets are yeah, coming in. For sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it overwhelms them and they like self-immolate or whatever. Yeah. But when they finally decide that she's ready to like start channeling power, she can then start feeling like the emotions of the dragons. And the very first night, she starts feeling the power like going up and down her <laughs> her magic dragon tattoo. She boy does she get hit by the hornies, yeah, real yeah, hard. Yeah, it's it's pretty horny. Mm-hmm. Remember when we read that Star Trek book, Andrew? That Star Trek. Uh, it was like the writer who started doing fanfic and then she wrote that like yeah yeah it was like, like the Kirk or, Spock the, yeah a canon it reminded me of the Vulcan horny thing yeah the, the oh, Vulcan Ponfar? horny disease Ponfar Whatever every it's seven called. years you gotta go have sex with somebody or you're gonna go or nuts? else you die yeah. or you're gonna mm-hmm. die yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah, right her, yeah. her body is on fire with Tarn's boner basically yes yes <laughs> because he and like, let's, let's, are having complaining english sex. here well and yeah. so she goes outside because she's like i gotta get the fuck out of here and like, she's I about to so jump she, liam her liam. like her friend yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so she goes God. outside and zayden's just chilling out there smoking like dragon world weed because he's like yeah you just i got like sometimes they forget to block us out man you're just gonna have to get used to it so like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, like, it dulls my senses a little bit. And so she's out there like a cat on a hot tin roof, just like trying to keep it together. And he's like, well, do you know how to shield? And she's like, no, I don't know how to shield. I started get, like, this is the first day. This is my day one. So he's like, OK, I'll teach you how to shield. He, uh, to be clear, I and then, have a problem with this face touching. Just throwing that no, out loved there. It. This no, face touching was not a problem. That's the one because it was it was hot. So he grabs her face and she's like, it requires you touching me. And he's like, no, I'm just a little bit addled by the horniness. And so I (laughs) ah, (laughs) here I go. So he teaches her how to do that. And he's like, you're amazing. Oh, my God. It took me two weeks to figure out just the first step or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he is looking at her lips real hard. 
and she is noticing. And then he's like, it would be a huge mistake. And she's like, yeah, it'd be a giant mistake. <laughs> like, yeah, we would regret it in the morning. She's like, naturally, we would totally regret it. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, I can't handle it anymore. And so he grabs her and he puts her against the wall and he picks her up by her thighs. And she's got she's got her legs wrapped around him and they're doing a big, giant, hot makeout. Mm-hmm. And she's finally getting to touch his hair. She's never touched his hair before. She's been and thinking about that for a while. as soft as she knew it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so, this, this is the only soft part of his body. This, this okay. Out. This, <laughs> this make out is hitting her a lot better than the one with Dane did. Yeah. yeah. That True. Dane yeah. one was a total bird killer. So then, he, then he's like, oh my fucking God, no, this isn't you. This is fucking Terrence Boner trying to grind me down. Yes. And so he like drops her and he's like, you need to go inside. And she's like, okay, fine. But it is my boner though. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, it's not. You don't know anything about your own boners. And she's like, okay, fine. <sighs> and then she leaves. I guess they also yeah. don't teach you how to jerk off at Dragon School. Like, right. why, can't <laughs> why do you need to jerk off at Dragon School when you're fucking all of your cohort with yeah. your yeah. fertility yeah. suppressants? Yeah, and like, did you not bring a, like one vibrator? They're so yeah. light. What the fuck kind of vibrator do you think that they have? They probably have a bunch of cool like dragon Listen, themed ones. They right? have indoor plumbing. <laughs> And when you start getting your, you like... Know, the, the Morningstar tale. That's yes. the one. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So book two is going to be kinky is what I'm hearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are interviews with Yaros where she says the setup she was really interested in was this forced proximity between... Mm-hmm. To, like the setup for the enemies to lovers is like, yo... You're stuck together because of these dragons. Yeah. And then, of course, she escalates it into these dragons like to fuck. And now you need to figure that out. (laughs) Which I would like, this is like, can say this was my first time experiencing dragon sex essentially on page. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, okay, the next thing that happens is like it's time for squad wars. I think so. One important one important thing that becomes a huge thing later, like discussed a lot. So the person who made sure that everybody could get into her room to kill her while she oh, was yeah. sleeping essentially oh, fuck, gets put yeah. up on yeah, trial. Right. Yeah, that was Amber. That bitch. It's the same same woman who ratted on her for using daggers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so Violet is like. It was Amber and Zayden just believed her like he didn't need it proof. He was like, "Okay, I trust you. And so he basically pulls her up on trial. Meanwhile, Dane fucking turns around. He's like, no, there's no way that it was Amber. That's not possible. And she's he's like, like, he's like, can you, t- can I touch your face? No, so he doesn't say that. Evidence. He no, he doesn't say that. He just reaches twice. for yeah. her, mm-hmm. notably. And then she's like, get the fuck away. And then she tells Taryn, she's like, hey, can you share, share my memory with like everybody? Because Dane can't touch her because right after that happened is when they find out all of the stuff about the featherling or the yeah, cat, mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby because dragon. the time stoppage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she can't share that memory, even if she wanted to, even if Dane wasn't trying to suck it out of her with his soul she needs somebody to redact the memory before it is shared and that Mm -hmm. is what taryn can do he's gonna copy paste just that section send it out to everybody's brain parts and so he does and the whole place gets the memo and then they're like oh yeah amber you're toast now so she gets like put down immediately torched well and like this come this just goes into part of her psyche it's just another look into her psyche because she begs for amber's life she asked Taryn, like please don't kill her like just give her a chance and he's like you gave orin a chance and he tried to kill you in your sleep never again 
Yeah. And so, yeah. like, this is just another example of her. She doesn't want people to die. Like, she is in rider school, but she doesn't want to kill. Yeah. Which sets us up for war games. So, like, her mm-hmm. power's yeah. not been coming in, and she really doesn't like killing people. But, and, yeah. and I forget, honestly, like, all these war games things play out like extended capture the flag sequences, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. she is on one team, and Jack, the evil boy, is on another team. Mm-hmm. And she is riding her dragon and she sees Jack uh, like stabbing Liam, her friend that we mentioned. And we're, we're not going to I don't think get to spend as much time with the friends who I like. So like Liam, I like and I liked a lot, but mm-hmm. they, they just aren't as big a deal as like the we're going to talk really about suck them on Patreon. Zayden. Yeah, no uh, yeah. Liam, so Liam, came up, Liam came up with Zayden. He's part of the rebels. Zayden assigned Liam to her to be her shadow and protect her. And then they actually become friends. I call like, not, I like not, the whole Liam thing. It's really, you have to kind of read the book because something I think it, it does well is delineates the difference between like condescending protection, like Dane is trying to offer and yes. like empowering. Yeah. Empowering useful like, protection. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so two things happen after Liam gets stabbed. He's like falling to the ground off of his dragon. First thing is, uh, Violet draws on Andarna's like time stopping power to like help uh, Taryn swoop down and save Liam. Second mm-hmm. thing is she's like, I'm not, I have made the mistake of letting this guy live too many times. I got to do something. And so she feels this like pissed. energy just like crackling inside of her. And she's so <sighs> mad. And she like smites him from well, from on high with a bolt does. of lightning. Zeus. Yeah. Like God, yeah. and the best on him. Mm-hmm. But no, I, but notably because of her character, she doesn't. She thinks that she's basically gonna do a signet uh, blockage explosion. Yeah, and yeah. so she's like, "My dragon's gonna be fine. He's fireproof. But if I get close enough to Jack, I'll at least take him out as I go. Yeah, as oh, I yeah, explode. That's... Yeah. But instead, she becomes a Zeus, mm-hmm. and she she hits that whole tower with lightning, and he falls to his death. And she's so surprised. That like she is alive and Jack is dead, and that means that she has committed a murder. Yeah, yeah, and it sh- like shakes her to her core. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, Tarn is roaring, and in his in her mind, she, he's screaming, "Lightning wielder!" Yeah, right. And it's like, <laughs> of the course, best thing ever. Because this is a fantasy book, like. She's the first lightning wielder in a hundred years. And yeah. it's, you know, this this little unassuming girl who nobody thought would make it anywhere is gonna end up being this like vital weapon to the so war proud. effort. And, yeah, yeah, she's like the weapon. And like yeah. to the point where like the generals and the big like the big dogs in charge are like, uh, that's a little concerning that uh Zayden and Violet are basically Attached at the hip because of their dragons who are mates because yeah. they have yeah. two of the most powerful powers that have ever powered. Yeah. And there's a lot of like kind of just like background anxiety around the fact that like, well, now that they're together all the time so that they, they win war games because they yeah. do a cool Ocean's Eleven where they steal the map out of her mom's office. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's very fun. And also they keep the flag and they get the egg. Those yes. are all the things you need to know. Yeah. Yep. And then so they get to they get to go out on the front lines on like a little field trip. Um, where they meet, uh, they see Mira, her sister, they see Rhiannon's family, it's all cool. Uh, but then Zayden has to be there because the dragons can't be apart for like more than three days. Or yeah. They, yeah. I guess they they're like, too freak horny out because they each can't other. bang, I guess. They're too, they're too horny, they can't Their live Their health will yeah. diminish. And so <laughs> there is this open question, like, if everyone stays in dragon school, 
he's going to graduate and go out and be in the army and she's going to still be in school. Like, this is a classic question we've all dealt with. Like, that's, you know, somebody's, one. you know, a few grades ahead and like they're yeah. going to go yeah. off to a different school gonna, and like, try how are you going to stay in touch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Except so they, they don't, don't really have an know. option. They yeah. have they do, to they do, do long not. distance. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're not even all they've done is smooch at this point And everybody's still like, how is this going to work? So that's kind of yeah. the, the I think the front is just like they go there. We get some cool character time, and then it's like, it's not great up here. Everybody go home. We, we're getting like, throughout the book, like, little drips and drabs of... So you, you get a little bit of, like, war strategy stuff in Battle School where they're looking at, like, the outposts and how the wards are going down. We talked a little bit before about this part of the book being maybe a little less filled in than the parts yeah. where they grind <laughs> against each other. I think it's yeah, on yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it, uh, there is a, there's a version of it that's like all on purpose that is about how some of this stuff is being concealed. Mm-hmm. Right. But as you're, go, as you're reading the book the first time, it does feel kind of like some stuff is just getting yada yada. It's a little hand yes. wavy, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, you're, yeah. You are getting, you're being given the impression intentionally that there's something that somebody is hiding. Like there's some kind of mystery about like how these attacks are happening and like how the Navarans are responding to it that just doesn't quite add up. Yeah. yeah. And there's weird shit that's being concealed even though it's not classified, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the important part I think about the trip to the front is that Mira sees the weirdness between the three of them. Mm. And oh, yeah. <laughs> she chides Dane and then she tells Violet in front of Zayden, like, he will turn you into a shadow. You don't have to kill someone in order to ruin them. Mm-hmm. What he's going to do is he's going to use this mating situation to make it so you never get trained right. And he stays the most powerful and you are in his shadow. And then finally, Zayden says, I'm right here. And instead of meaning it like, I'm like, stop talking about me in front of me. Yeah. He's saying we had an issue where there was a proximity need and I came to her mm-hmm. instead yeah. of making her come to me. I yeah. have shit at home, but I came to her when she's on a field trip. So can you like get off my dick a little bit? And then, <laughs> not you, no, not you, Violet. You get back. Yeah, on no, there. not you. Get, hey. get on here, girl. <laughs> and then Mira says, if you like, there's an attack. And so she's like, if you want me to ever trust you, you have to get her out of here. And so mm-hmm. he manhandles her out of there with another good smooch. And it's great. But now after she murders Jack to death with that big uh, Zeus power, she gets back. And when they land, Taryn's been trying to say, like, that was necessary. You had to do it. Don't feel bad about it. But she gets down and, like, she pukes everywhere. She's having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Dane comes over and he's like, oh, sweetie baby, you don't ever have to do that again if you don't <laughs> want to because I know you can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And then Zayden comes over and he says, stop with that bullshit. She's going to have to deal with this because there's no way they're not going to, like, use her. She's yeah. the most yeah. powerful weapon we've ever seen lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of talks her off the ledge in a very tough love but compassionate way. And then later on, as she's sort of wallowing in her room, throwing daggers at targets because sadness and guilt. Yeah. He comes to comfort her. <laughs> yeah. He sure does, doesn't he? It's on. It's T- on TM. TM. Yeah. They, yeah. Turns out, a couple of huh. keynotes here, just throwing it out there. Yeah, and Violet please. comes lightning everywhere he is losing 
he he sets fire. She says she's setting fires on the property. To the, like <laughs> God, by the way, she sets multiple like, trees on fire. She says he's like losing control. Of, he's losing control of his shadow powers, and so like they break the armoire, they shatter her like thing that she her target practice. Her the chair is desk toast. is yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing they don't ruin <laughs> is her bed because they ruin yeah. every other piece it's of furniture. It's hot. Okay, it's, it's hot, and the whole good. time. The whole time they're like talking to each other because she's like, he keeps on trying to tell her you don't want this. And she keeps saying, stop telling me what I want. I know exactly what I want. And it's only you. Yeah. And it's great. It's great character stuff. Oh, this Um, is also they can speak into each other's brains at this point. Not yeah. just to their yeah, dragons, right. like Sagan, mm-hmm. the four of them. They're like in a like little, you know, they got a little group yeah, chat going mind. on. A brain, a brain yeah, network. It's great. Also, mm-hmm. um, I would just like to make the comment. Reading this Please. this scene, I was like, being an outside party, I don't want those neighbors. Oh, I would be so mad. <laughs> oh, I would be so <laughs> mad if I was like, Liam next door. Yeah, I would. Uh, uh-uh. go the fuck to sleep. You assholes. I've had that apple tree for 50 years and you struck it (laughs) with lightning. (laughs) My great granddad planted that tree. (laughs) Yeah, because you decided you need to come four times tonight instead of just once. Yes. (laughs) At the very least, get some fucking control, buddy. (laughs) I mean, he does say that it's something they're going to work on later. So, you know, it's fine. And of course, at this point, when you work on computers, they make little like electrostatic like wrist straps that you put around your your wrist. (laughs) So that you don't like zap any of the parts that you're working with. So maybe uh-huh. they just need to get like a bunch of those. I like it. She's just in like an anti-zappy latex suit. Like what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah. I don't hate Whoa. it. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just in a that, Faraday that... cage. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that Taren, like Taryn and Segale are like, they're listening to all of this, right? And they're they like, have to. well, wondering... yes, because Taryn. <gasps> Do they think it's hot? I don't know. I feel like it's beneath them. Yeah. Does it have the same effect on Taryn and Segale? Is it, it like when I like hear cats in the alley? Like... <laughs> no, I think you have to. No, because I think. Well, no, because I'm not bonded with <laughs> the cats. No, through your a perception of that thing. would be annoying. It'd have to be somebody who you could hear having sex and you'd be like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad they're getting. I'm I glad hope they're it's like it. that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, how inspiring! Tarn, Tarn. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, so during this thing though, he's like, at afterwards they're like snuggling in bed. She asks him to stay with her, and he's like, mm. "Whatever you do, don't fall for me." Oh my God, he does the "Don't <sighs> fall for me." This is like eighty percent of into the book too. Like it's happened yep. already. Yeah. And she's like, "Only if you don't fall for me." It's like, you both are fucking ding-dongs. Obviously, you're already in love with each other. You're just mm-hmm. too emotionally then, stunted to fucking admit you made, it. You made her a dragon saddle. Like, Yeah. 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 The next morning, <laughs> yes. he wakes up and leaves because he has to go to one of his training things. And he goes and picks violets and brings it back to her room to leave on her bedside table so she knows mm-hmm. he was thinking of her. But mm-hmm. he hasn't caught any feelings. There's, he sure. has no intention of falling for her, everyone. This is just normal stuff that I would do for any of my bros. Actually, it's bro stuff. <laughs> any of your bros yeah. that you yeah. fuck up an arm wall with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day, they're like, he comes to her room again and he's like, I've got an idea of what we can do tonight. And one of the things I love about Violet is that she is, I mean, fearlessly honest. Even when she knows, like, it'll fuck up whatever she wants. And so in this case, she says, have you changed your mind about the whole I shouldn't fall for you thing? And he's like, no, hard no. Definitely don't do that. 
And she's like, I don't think with you in particular, I can separate sex and feelings. Yeah, right. So if that's your hard line, then we can't do this anymore. And he's like, I hate that this is my hard line. And then they do a, a sexy game of chicken. Kind of. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just forget about how your thick cock should do things in my lady bits. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'll forget how your channel did clutch me. It's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah. I, there's also, so we actually like technically earlier that day, and I just have to talk about this because it made me laugh so fucking hard. I had to yeah. put the book down because I was laughing so hard. I was tearing up. She goes with Professor Carr out into the middle oh. of fucking nowhere yeah. to learn how yeah, to yes. lightning, lightning. Yeah. where she can't set anything on fire <laughs> and he's like so what what makes it happen and she's like uh mm. i get emotional emo- reactions emotional yeah. things. and he's like yeah. well imagine the bloody blah like imagine it just bring it and she's like mm, i don't know let me just try this and then zayden rolls up in her head then he just starts xeroxing sex starts, images yeah, into her yes. mind her sex videos and then <gasps> just like lightning just and then professor Carr is like oh interesting interesting that was so it good worked, and then he yeah. sees her face is all red and he's like it's okay lightning wielders just get a little little overheated and she's like it's not that yeah. somebody's sending you telepathic dick pics it's definitely <laughs> yeah. just that you get a little overheated it's worse than telepathic dick pics because she can feel what he was feeling well yeah and it's, and it's mm. his perspective of the sex they had the night that before. was kind of mm-hmm. wild yeah. yeah 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 so it's like her moaning underneath him or whatever i had to put the book down for a second because i was i was like it's so funny it, yeah it, like i felt uncomfortable for her oh <laughs> secondhand <laughs> embarrassment yeah, yeah so that. They sleep together a second time, or they are about to, and I don't remember what that's. No, they after. Do, it's like they, it's they on they reunification do it again. day. Yeah, like after the big oh, the celebration, the, day, the yeah. big ball where the king comes and like it's a celebration the, of his dad's death. Yeah, basically, all the former rebels. and her brother's yeah. death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they have a big like confrontation on a windswept parapet where it all began. Mm. Where they, where she finally gets him to to like break down and admit, yeah, I have feelings for you. Obviously, I have feelings for you. Duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and they then, so go back to the room and they like the, she. I believe she comes five times. I think that's what she said. They're, they're going. going for they a were fifth. working. They're they on were their way to the number fifth five. when they get knock, like knock. Garrick is knock, knocking knock. on the door and mm-hmm. like, Zayden's like, there better be somebody fucking dying if I get out of that bed. He says we're under attack. Yeah. But it's not really an under attack. They're just going to do the last stage of war games. Mm-hmm. So this is like the end game of the book. We're getting it from yeah. their perspective. So there's like limited information. It is weird that everyone's being sent places without even knowing what they're supposed to do. But yes. I, I think that is, again, it's a little bit of on purpose because yep. our main character, Zayden, he he puts together a crack team of only rebels. <laughs> Um, and violent. And, like, and violent. Isn't it pulls that her technically her squad. a break of the giant law? It, it yeah, is. Like, it for sure, sure is, right? Why they're well, allowed to do that that's in the first place. Well, and so this is also the point, though. So she, when she gets down there, she's coming straight from Zayden's room. So she has his jacket on. And this is when <laughs> Dane <laughs> realizes she and Zayden are a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's supposed to go with Dane's squad to his part of the war games. But Zayden rolls up and he's like, ah, ah. Liam and Violet's coming with me and 
because mm-hmm. we're going to be gone for five days and our dragons need a fuck. So like, yeah, she's right. coming with me. <laughs> and Dane is like, she can't go with you. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. she well, can't. She is. And then Dane, I did not catch this until it came up later in the book, but he was like, uh-huh. I'll That's why miss he's you, Violet. Creepy fa- face touching. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ugh. his Dane's dad is the one who's like calling out where people are going to go. They're going to go to this outpost. Like Zayden's group is going to go to this outpost that's like beyond where the, the wards are. Yeah. Beyond, yeah, the beyond where the wards are. The so wards. very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like there's some stuff where they're on the way and they got to stop and they got to talk and they got to have feelings. They well, make I- out. Next to a creek or whatever. And Darna <laughs> has oh, a special baby a... harness <laughs> to get attached <laughs> to the and, front of Darna and she says she's coming with. She says, the wing leader made it for me. And, oh, and yeah. this is right after she's been, been boned down real good. And so Violet's like, yet another reason to just love Zayden. <laughs> no, <laughs> man. Also, she has told him she's fully in love with him. And he's yeah. been like, "You have all of me that I have to offer." <laughs> well, and he it's also fine. says, "I." And he also says, "I love your hair." Yeah, yeah. He can't say, <laughs> like "I love your hair." The, yeah. yeah. So when they're making out by this lake, the two Griffin Riders come out of the mist, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh my God, we're under attack!" She's about to get her lightning out, and he grabs her, and he's like, "You know, cool it. If you like, if you ever trusted me, just trust me right now." And then she gets Taryn over there. Everybody's now in this confrontation with these two Griffin writers, except she realizes it's not a confrontation. They're BFFs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they know each other from before. Yeah. Zayden's been working with them for a while. So she immediately thinks, like, these are traitors. But then the Griffin writers start being like, we're just here to warn you because a bunch of Venon are on their way to, like, right across the street from your outpost. Yeah. And she's you mean like, the fables? Yeah. The, well, this is the craziness that's coming out of these people's mouths, these liar faces. <laughs> what, Venon aren't real? They're fables. Yeah. What, what are you going to tell, tell me that well, wyverns are real next? Come yeah, on. Yeah, of course the wyverns aren't there. Is that how you pronounce wyvern? Is it wyvern? It's, I don't know it's wyvern. wyvern, but Craig I've said wyverns, said wyvern. and so I was trying not to make okay. him feel bad. It doesn't really matter. The audiobook but, person said wyvern. Okay, I don't know. I think it is wyverns. <laughs> Regardless... <laughs> The Wibbles, they don't know that there are any Wibbles out there. They haven't seen them. Yeah, they're not wobbling anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry, everyone. They would be wobbling. They only got two little stubby legs. They're so big. They're like flying T-Rexes without the tiny arms. Anyway, so the Griffin Flyers... Because not riders, yeah, makes a point of that. They're flyers, not riders. Oh, yeah. She's like, "You're a traitor! Don't hit me with semantics." Yeah, I don't understand you. How dare you, sir? Do you not um actually right after you like break my heart? Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly but so what there, he does. There are um Venan going after the like they're interested in something in this trade town for mm-hmm. the whatever the name of that country is doesn't matter Navarre. yeah yeah in, um, in the semantics in, who cares how so how well yeah they have to make the decision so they go b- into the castle or like the fortress because they still don't know exactly what's going on when they're looking yeah. at the trade town but they open the missive and basically what the note says is stay alive stay alive but you have a choice either defect and rebel and save all of this town of people or come play a war game where you might get killed for no reason by your fellow dragon rider and let all those people burn. <laughs> like, but at least you'll yeah. be perceived as loyal. And it, That's right. 
And uh, Violet's like her decision she makes, like after she finds out all this stuff is like, I believe you that like all these like magic fables are real because there was a note from my dad in that book that makes sense now. But you right. still broke my trust and I still don't trust you. A book that apparently the library doesn't have because it's forbidden. Yeah, a book that the country has redacted from history. Mm-hmm. And he is he comes clean to her at some point where he's like, we've been giving these people this yada yada magic That's resource, magic unobtainium, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. that we've been giving to the folks in the other kingdom because they're fighting these monsters, but we're the only people who have this stuff. Yeah, the unobtainium. And we're just sitting pretty behind the wards because they can't use yeah. their magic past the wards because no magic works except for dragon magic. Yeah, so they've been like weaving whatever this bullshit is into daggers and giving it to the Griffin flyers so that they can poke these venom and the venom will combust. Goodbye, Venon. But they also know, she knows, that there's one of those daggers in her mom's office or a weapon yes. made of the same material in her mom's office from the heist that they pulled. Yeah. So clearly people in power in Navarre know something about what's going on mm-hmm. and then nobody's talking about it. The other mm-hmm. thing that they learn is that based on this message, it's clear that people knew Zayden, something was up with Zayden when they sent him here. Yep. Which we come to realize is because Dane stole He's a memory. Her face. And then told face his dad touching. about it because he's Get a out of here. Yeah. I don't want your skin oil on my my face. Stop it. <laughs> and so then, and yeah, there's the, there's the there's big cool the battle. Big, there's the big confrontation. Oh there's like the realization that. Like it explores a little bit the the connection between the wyverns and the the van vanen the, the venon venon Venin. yeah where you know just as dragons and their riders have like this emotional connection if you kill a venon like all the wyverns that he, he or it's she like has a, magically the created flip flop yeah also yep. die mm-hmm. yep yeah. So I cried. We I sobbed. This fight. (laughs) And if I sobbed and sobbed, um, I both times I read this book, I sobbed. Um, We haven't done a lot to make you fall in love with Liam, but boy, Rebecca Yaros, you did a lot Mm -hmm. to make me fall in love with Liam. He's a nice boy. And Liam ends up dying horribly because his dragon gets killed, and so he's just gonna die, even though there's nothing physically wrong with him. Yeah. And so she has to sort of grapple with that. And then that is the impetus of her being like, I'm going to burn it all down. And Liam is the one who figures out that if you take out one rider, all of the wyvern they created will be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So she and Tarn and all of them work together. And, and Darna ends up freezing time for a minute so that she can, like, you know, wield the lightning toward one of the venom because she has terrible aim just so everybody knows god the description of them is very gross they're gross yeah they're they're gross they have like weird veins it's they have spidery red veins all over them their eyes are always like red and bloodshot that's that's part of what works for me about this book is like i think people i think you're probably showing up for the love and but Mm -hmm. All of the like fantasy nuts and bolts stuff, like the, the way the action sequences play out, like even the Yaros is, is writing this like to serve a specific market niche. Like she mm-hmm. does a better job than 
a she lot does a really of good job. Bad fantasy. This was that a I've read good at, like, action it scene. Yeah, it's a good battle. Yeah. Like you, you pretty much know where everyone is always. You know what the stakes are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I and there like are also, actual yeah. stakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I like that there are actual stakes, but I also like that we haven't in the first book of the series jumped to like saving the entire school. Right. Like I like that it is an outpost of people that we don't even really know. And it's mostly a moral test for our characters of like, can they stick with saving these, you know, for her anyway, these strangers and from the other kingdom. Mm hmm. And like characters we know are going to get hurt and die and whatever. But it's not like. You know, it doesn't just blow up completely to galaxy level stakes yeah. at the end of this first book. And yet it's all very clear stakes, like what they're trying to do beat to beat. It's really nice. Uh, yeah. And they're they're still very high. Yeah. So during this battle, one of the Venon jumps onto Tarn and ends up stabbing her with a poison dagger. And then she ends up, you know, killing the the big bad Venon and then... Zayden ends up killing the other one, so all the wyvern fall. Everything's over. But when that happens, she tumbles off of Tarn, and and Darna ends up like freezing time and again, and mm-hmm. like catching her and getting her to the ground, yeah. even though she's not big enough to like really bear her. She basically mm-hmm. breaks her fall to the ground, and then they realize that she's been poisoned and she's bleeding black blood, black sludge, bad news bears. It's not good. That's you're not supposed to bleed that. No, I've never heard that being great. <laughs> and so he's like if we try to get her back to our mender, that's a 12-hour flight and then because I'm a Sherlock Holmes, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was yeah, legit surprised I, by this. I did not I see had this coming. No, no idea. I I <laughs> There was enough that was fishy about like the circumstances yeah. of some people who uh, had died. That I was like, you know, are we gonna? Is this gonna end with her meeting some a certain character mm. again? And then absolutely it did. He goes, "We have to take her to him." It's okay, Craig. I was with you. I had no idea. <laughs> I think I was just along for the ride of like, oh, he's got a whole. I was like, oh, there's this secret operation. Yeah. Clearly, they would have menders. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that you know, I had not big-brained the rest of the book. Yeah, that's where I was. So they carry her to a place. Um, she can no longer hear Tarn or and and, and Darna or Zayden. Like she's I'm completely cut emotional off. Emotional again. I know. I know. <laughs> that's why I had to whimsy Liam's death because I am a wreck over that. <laughs> anyway, so she ends up ta- being taken to this like other place. And when she wakes up, we get the last chapter from Zayden's perspective. And Zayden has been by her side for three whole days. Okay. She's been sleeping and sleeping. She wakes up and she's like not quite together. And so she kisses him real good. And then everything rolls back into her brain. And she's like, oh, wait, you're a big betraying liar. And I can't trust you anymore. And we're not together. So then he says, I need to know if you're with us. And she says, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely with you. We're just not together, but yeah. I'll, I'll of course do the right thing where it comes to actual venom and wyvern. And then there's like a big knock at the door and he's like, Oh man, I've got no time. He's such, he's such an impatient mess. He's going to be in here right now. <laughs> and then she's like, Zayden, one more thing. Do you think that, all of that was sort of happenstance. Like we were sent to this fort where Venon were, were lured there and like all the, do you think that was just an accident? 
And then the door opens and she hears a familiar voice say, oh, no, little sis, that wasn't an accident at all. And then he says, welcome to the revolution, Violet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's a brother. Brendan is alive. Brendan's the one who mended her. Oh, my God. I, when I Obsessed. tell y'all, I, my poor dogs were asleep. <laughs> they were just big chilling. I accidentally stabbed myself with my knitting needle. I was like, ah! <laughs> my dogs were like, oh, my God. And I was like, ow. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I texted you. I was like, this book has the best last line I've read in a very long time. What? Yeah. (laughs) It's really great of Rebecca Yaros to be like, okay, I'm going to drop this cliffhanger on you and then I'm going to write the next one six months from now instead of doing it on the the standard like fantasy writer deadline of like, like, I don't know, like 13 years. How long since George R.R. Martin wrote a book? Like a lot of years. Well, it's like usually the first couple of books, it'll be like every other year. And then like the the time between the penultimate book and the final book is going to easily be 20 years. (laughs) So about 12 months ago, when we were talking about this series, when we first started talking about this book together. uh, (laughs) I know, I'm so sorry. No, I'm just joking. We needed to cover what we needed to cover. Yeah. So I got to this cliffhanger. Yeah. I was like, what a cool cliffhanger for a two book series. Uh Right. We've all been punked. Yeah, we've been. It's going to be five. Amazon is a liar. She says it's going to be five. Like, there's another yeah. thing a fantasy author does, which is That's start true. saying they're going to write a trilogy and then write 12 books. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's going to be a five book series. Who the hell knows? I'm a little mad about it, but mm-hmm. also very intrigued. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a good read. I, you know, there's that whole website about whether or not reads are good. It was a good read. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was a good read. That is there what we that go. site's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um... Andrew, did you talk about why you think this one worked, whereas other ones oh, have not just, worked in the past? Just I so I read this book called Cast and Shadow by Michelle Sagara for mm-hmm. Overdue, and I hated it, like actively hated it more than I think I hated any book that I've read for the show in a, in a long time. Wow. And a lot of it was because it was doing all this like fantasy, like name droppy, world buildy stuff, but it was doing it just like so badly. And like like the character relationships were so muddy all the time. And it was it was doing a thing where it's like if somebody is always like throwing a knife at somebody, mm-hmm. then the action must be exciting. Like I must be doing oh. a fun fantasy action book. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the reason, like the reason why I think this book succeeds, one is just that like all the, all like we said, all the like basic stuff that she try, sets out to do, she does confidently. Like action sequences, romance stuff, like it all, it all hits the way it's supposed to. Mm. But like, even when you're learning about all this wild, like dragon magic stuff, I think she does a good job of keeping the stakes like pretty narrow and like character focused and the things the characters are worried about are like knowable to regular humans like you and me who don't have magic dragons to to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> like she keeps the spotlight on like relatable stuff and it keeps the book grounded even as it's doing all this weird like time stoppy dragon bondy <laughs> telepathic <laughs> stuff Wyvern. yeah like all, all the wild stuff that it throws at you like it, it keeps it it keeps it grounded and i appreciated that yeah i really loved book i don't know I man did too 
It yeah. did all the things I wanted it to do and probably stuff I didn't even know I wanted. <laughs> and it's probably not the first book that has used like people aren't telling you everything as a way to not have to lore dump super early. Like plenty of stories mm-hmm. do that. It just really worked. I just found it. it this version of it worked for me because mm-hmm. like there was enough. I also like that she it she didn't not know what Dragon School was like. That's, right. that's another she wasn't like fish out of water i've never heard of this school before mm-hmm. and so she had a working knowledge of what her of what the expectations of her were which yeah. gr- lends a lot of great context for like how she's working around it or yeah. mm-hmm. why it's mm-hmm. annoying that dane is the way that he is or why it's a relief that zayden is the way that he is you know yeah that, that all worked really well together yeah yeah, and then the other book that we read recently that I'm comparing this to mentally because it did this book did start with a praise from book talk like page mm. yeah. was we read a Colleen Hoover for the show Slammed. okay like within the last couple of weeks and Craig thought he liked it but then by the time we got to the end of an hour and a half of talking about it realized that he did not actually like it which is the <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i fell off but that just, dragon it was good to know? read one that like <laughs> the tiktok was like flipping out about that like lived up to the hype i guess like maybe yeah. maybe i just like this book a lot because i went in with like relatively low expectations of like mm-hmm. this is the thing that book talk loves and this is a sort of a, a fantasy book written to satisfy a certain demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I've had bad Sabrina times with likes, those books before, but yeah. One of my favorite things that Sabrina says is that a lot of times she'll go into a book with a wary mind, but an open heart. That's the one. Mm-hmm. There we sure. go. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which means that uh, when it's shockingly good, I'm like, oh, wow. Huzzah. <laughs> That's a nice surprise. Delightful. Yeah. But then then it means that, like, if it's shockingly bad, I'm like, the bar was so low, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for coming and celebrating our 300th episode with us. Congratulations. I love y'all so much. Congrats. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where can they find you on the Internet? Craig, hit it. Overdue Pod is the handle we use on social media, and overduepodcast.com is our website. I don't know if you just want to send us an email. We have an email. It's just overduepod at gmail.com. Ah, um, you can beautiful. tell us about other books we should read because we liked this one. That's always yeah. helpful. And we also have a patreon.com slash overdue pod is our Patreon page. We either have started or are about to start, depending on when this goes up a long read about Emily Wilson's translation of the Iliad, which yeah. I am super Ooh. excited to do. We did her Odyssey a few years ago and had a so really good. great time with it. She's super it's cool. So, so good. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds yeah. amazing. All right, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love. Destroying armoires with your orgasms with your sex lightning yeah Yeah. lightning (laughs) orgasms that's the one i was gonna say i was gonna say your um unintentional dragon polycule but that works too (laughs) (laughs) incredible
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>